You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the After Laugh. We have uh, this is an after party edition of the After Laugh because we have uh, three comics and myself. Um, let's go down the line. We'll start with uh, my good friend Faisal Lawrence. I am Faisal Lawrence. Faisal Lawrence. Faisal Lawrence. People probably do the Faisal, right? Faisal. It's always they always add a Z and then, but that which is fine by me. But then it's also Faisal Lawrence, Faisal Lawrence. What do you prefer? I prefer Faisal Lawrence. My name. <laughs> Jesus, oh, I'm Jesus, sorry. already. Yeah, I didn't get bad at you. Early on. Everyone calls me Face. Uh, face. face. Who's everyone? Because yeah. we don't call you that. I know, right? Like my real friends. <laughs> you're pretty. You're yeah. handsome. I get that. No, no, it's not that. It's just because oh. my name sounds. Fit. It's Facel. It's like F A C E I L L makes Facel. So spending yeah. a lot of time on his name. Yeah, I know. It's Here we go. Interesting we got We got to. We got to add time. Okay, so go line. Uh, like Basil with an F. Now we have Lori Douglas. Yes, Lori Douglas. Hello. Hi, Lori. Very nice. We've met before. We did uh, Sean Joshi's. Again, how the fuck you. Joshi? Joshi? Joshi. Joshi. Okay. I'm not racist. So um, you've been in his podcast for a while, right? Yeah. Okay. And that's where we met. Yeah. And I made a very shitty comic to you that I should apologize after this podcast, but not right now. Well, I say it out loud so we can determine how shitty it was. Say what it was. Oh, God. I feel like I feel very self conscious saying it because I, I said, oh, man. We're very forgiving people. And the fact that you're acknowledging that you made a mistake, I feel you know, like it's The shit we're imagining it was is like, way in worse. In my head, it was like, it was like a compliment. Mm. But it was kind of like, uh, And I was like, why did I say that? But I was like, oh, wow, L.A. And I said, and real boobs. Congratulations. Oh, my titties yeah. are real, too, for the record. Okay. So all real boobs know, here. Like, and, and, and just the, the climate nowadays, you, you say something like that, I just feel like, oh, wait, is that a shitty thing to say? Is I think that- as comics were a little more forgiving it was kind of a dumb thing to say i personally not because i know you and i know you're a good guy and you have a great reputation uh, you have a good reputation amongst female comics for being a good that guy that makes you feel like i have like no no sex sex appeal <laughs> no i've heard about your dick too so that has a great reputation Hello. as well oh. i heard about your dick too. let's talk more about that guys i've seen your dick so it's okay <laughs> what what have right, you heard about bill's dick while oh, we're wait, on the Tom subject Averly, you know this okay so have stars on yelp for sure <laughs> so and now bad. we have cr- Crystal Marie. Yes, hello. So Crystal Marie is also now. I always say I was supposed to be the only one on the podcast. And then and then she brought a crew. So then we have Tommy Wakefield, our producer. Yes, Tommy. (laughs) What? what? How old are you? Twenty-four. Oh my God, you're a child. You just addressed his diapers with your eyes just now when you said that. Make a man out of you. So I have to say this. So I have to blow. True though. I have to blow up Tommy's spot. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, red card. Can you calm down? Tommy's like, man, I'm single. I haven't met a nice girl. And I'm telling you, like, all these girls are like, Tommy's cute. Like, what's up with Tommy? Oh, my God. You Tommy. know who really has been, like, my... she actually, my neighbor, oh, Mia Mars, at Mia Mars, she was like, hey, Tommy, uh, you know where I live. Just come by some night. <laughs> Tommy doesn't seem like that kind of guy. I mean, you know, I was looking for more of a connection. Tommy, <laughs> Tommy this, this, guy, this guy fucks. Come on. This guy fucks. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Well, that's not very PC. This guy fornicates i think oh, yeah. is a proper i'm too busy producing bill's podcast to, you know i, forget I know I, okay by the way tommy's here on his own like he works all day at the laugh factory in the production office and now he's here just because i was like tommy get over here i was already in hollywood so. <laughs> okay that's good okay good 
All right, so here we are. We're at after party. I, I feel like uh, I'm going to have a shot of bullet bourbon. Let's uh, let's talk about first of all, you guys. Had, who had sets tonight? I did. Crystal Marie and I heard you say that you crushed so hard that you didn't really enjoy it because it felt too easy. <laughs> no, 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 that's not what I said. I did have a great set, uh, but the crowd was so. It was like uh, I was telling Lori. I was like, they felt like like um, a sitcom audience, whereas like there's a sign that says "laugh now." Like maybe like they felt a punchline coming, so like they laughed extra hard. It was the weirdest thing. Yes. Um, but I felt like I did not have to work for anything tonight. Um, so I was telling them, I was like, you don't feel as um, fulfilled afterwards, yeah. unless you really feel like you earned that laughter yeah but um, you did because the sitcom the difference is and <laughs> i've done sitcom no <laughs> oh my god not a lot but when i did <laughs> when i did uh kevin can wait uh i remember i went on and it was not a particularly funny scene and the producers everyone camera op- ah, they're laughing at everything i'm like this is so phony it's so fake and after a week of being on set you're like one of the crazy people just laughing at everything. You get like indoctrinated into this weird like cult of yeah. everything is fucking funny. And then the live audience came and no one laughed at my scene. Uh-huh. Anyway, moving on. So um, <laughs> so did you perform tonight, Lori, no. as well? I watched, like, I watched Crystal's set. She earned her laugh. She, she's, she, it was great. You, did, you had a great set. You, you got a great response from a great set. Yeah, but you didn't watch like all the comics go I up. I did. I watched Did you? I just felt like they were an easy audience. It was mm-hmm. fucking... I did my weakest set because I was trying to get a late night set going. And, uh, so you're you late, clean... Very clean. Pre-prepared. Not very clean, but clean, non-edgy. This was clean. I didn't curse at all. So you... Uh, it was TV friendly. Were you recording? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you were so, like, I want to get the five or ten to Yeah, I wanted to get the five. Um... <laughs> How old am I? Okay, go ahead. And so to me, that's my weaker set. I feel I do better when I can kind of let loose and be myself. Um, naturally, in conversation, I do curse a lot. Now I've been trying to watch it because yeah. I just, I'm getting older. I'm trying to be classy, Tommy. <laughs> um, trying to be classy. And so, yeah, that's just why I was just like, but as soon as like I got on stage, I immediately felt that they were going to be very on board with everything. So then I was like, I'll just do my easier set. And that's great. Well, that's what you want for a tape too, for late night. Yeah, they don't know. I mean, the late night audiences are pretty easy too, right? Well, yeah, because they're prompted when, to, like, I went to Conan and uh-huh. there was a sign that told us when to clap for the comedian. Oh, really? When I went to to a Conan taping, yeah. But they wouldn't give a sign to like do an applause break here at this joke. No, no, that is exactly what they did. What? Oh my god! I feel like I just stepped out of the Matrix. The world's revealed. <laughs> there might be additional times where a comic will get laughs. I mean, claps without it being prompted. But when I was there, we were prompted to clap after a specific joke. So, oh wow, that's fascinating. So, um, I want to go. I want to get to know people's stories here because we got three comics. Tommy, we're never going to hear your story. Obviously, I would never want to. <laughs> I'm it. so interested in your. Well, story. yeah, let's start with it's Tommy. Let's go. Thing. Let's go clockwise. Tommy is from. Uh, let me. This is all I know about Tommy. He does what I say. I don't know why. But uh, he's from North Carolina. The cool thing I heard about you, tell the North you were at North Carolina at a Piggly Wiggly. Where was it? What's the story? <laughs> what? You were like, you made the decision like a year ago, right? To come out to Hollywood and you packed up your You've hoop-dee. only lived here a year? A uh, year and a half, guys. Now, you, do this, half. you do the sound booth, right? At the Laugh Factory? Or yeah, sometimes. Okay. What What else do you do there? YouTube, Instagram, podcast. Oh, good. Cool. 
kind of a all-around utility production guy. Good for you. And you're so young and you're already doing so much. Is that yeah. what you want to do? You you don't get complimented a lot, do you? Because no every one time has I say ever it, your dick's getting me. harder and harder. It's a crazy what do, you, what do you mean? I thought you were saying clean, you classy lady. <laughs> what do you mean you get no... First of all, he does the Instagram stories, so he gets his face up oh, there Oh, you're doing lot. good with the Occasionally. social. Occasionally. I'm you know, doing what I can. If you're doing the it's social... It's not all me, it's a team. Okay, so well, you Tommy guys are did, doing great. So we're going to go for an, an order of... Uh, of funny, we're gonna go around this way. I'm kidding. Um, so I'm totally joking. But Tommy, you you did a you did a show tonight, right? Yeah, I did. You do stand up too? I do. Yeah. You just do it all. Every, first of all, everyone so. who works at the Laugh Factory is probably doing stand up or has a script or something. You okay. know, no one's just. Yeah, yeah. You know. Everyone. I mean, a lot of people who work at the Laugh Factory do comedy, but then you're not allowed to talk about it because you're not supposed to do comedy. Yeah. Oh, I see. That's that's confusing. So, I don't know. It's weird. Trouble right now? No, 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 no. They know I do comedy. I feel like you're very well liked there. I feel like you should. I feel like I so. you should have a show. A show. I, I, I would watch it. I, I don't know if I get <laughs> Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that would be fun. You guys are great comedy. We already got a show. Maybe once that is. Uh... Yeah. Sorry, sorry, I couldn't make it. To oh the shit! There's a chance to plug the show. I've never plugged anything on a podcast before. Okay, what is this thing show that you're plugging? Okay, well, twice a month at Eno Vino on the East Side, we have a stand-up comedy show in a little room. Uh huh. And we get like. 30, 40 people in That's there sometimes. Good. That's great. And, uh, and it's awesome. It feels intimate, like a little house party. It's in a cellar of a wine bar. Ooh. Wow. And uh, it's free. Is we there have, a bar down there? There's like a bar. There's $4 drinks. drinks. Oh, I got to tell you, yeah. a lot of really big seminal shows got started in very kind of like off-kilter, weird bar places. And that's where you get like the Patton Oswalt's who want to come in who won't do a club, but they'll yeah. do like a weird bar. Absolutely. Who have you had? Who's the biggest comedy you've had at your show? Who is the biggest comic? I, I mean, we have. Faisal Lawrence canceled. Uh, this Sunday, we have Thomas Dale and Fabrizio Capano. Oh, so that should great. be yeah. fun. They're both great. They're so funny. Yeah. My dream comic is Rory Scovel. So uh -huh. that'll be hopefully in the next couple of months if we can get him. Have you asked him? <laughs> no, no. That's just my That's dream. probably the first step. Yeah, to getting that, that would come. probably be helpful. <laughs> I just want to get it super consistent so that when that happens, it'll be dope. Do you feel like you're at the point where <laughs> you f are too shy to talk to certain comics? Oh, I mean, yeah, kind of. Yeah? I mean, only if I've like idolized them for a long time and then I meet them. And I'll still I'll who, just be who like, Who do oh, you feel starstruck around? Probably Rory Scovel. He's my favorite. Oh, really? you ever see him, though, at the last uh, Yeah, I come and see him sometimes. I'll be like, hey, man. <laughs> hey, like yourself. Okay, bye. <laughs> but it's not like we're like butts. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> You don't slide into his DMs? Nah, <laughs> hey, buddy. Nah. Okay. Cool. Are you into sitting next to Crystal Marie, your other idol? Or? Oh, obviously. Obviously. Okay. I'm just trying not to look over there too much. Yeah, no, you keep looking at me, which is fun. Yeah. 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 That's okay. I like it. Shut up. Anyways. <laughs> so you you were from North Carolina. Yeah. And you you were smoking a lot of weed. Sure, is obviously. Is that something you do? Smoke oh, weed? yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Okay. We have <laughs> weed, by the way, if you want some. And you... You had a moment where you're like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here and come to Hollywood. I mean, that's not dreams. totally. Basically, I kind of wanted to do film stuff ever since I was a kid. So I fucking went to film school. There's a school in North Carolina called UNC School of the Arts. Very famous. Yeah, of course. Mm. Yeah, yeah there's some, some big uh, names coming out of there occasionally. And uh, I was there and I wanted to write stuff. But the stuff that I was writing and pitching to the school was too goofy. So they didn't want to hear it. But I still wanted to make stuff, so I got into stand-up, started a stand-up show on campus. It's kind of like a boring college it's, it's yeah, stand-up I mean, story, but no, it's not, you know, yeah. that's what it is. And then when I graduated, I came right out here. That oh, was, so right this was kind of always the plan. When was the last time you had a girlfriend? College. Yeah, I haven't had a girlfriend in L.A. It's kind of a weird Good. vibe. 
Why is it a weird vibe? I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's different. different. The women here are very different. North Carolina girls, it's like he it's has a to get different to know vibe. them. He's got to <laughs> ease into it. You know, yeah. give him a little bit of time. Okay, Crystal, give everyone the dating advice because there's going to be a lot of. I mean, well, no, just in L.A. and Los Angeles in general. They say you don't even start to like it until you've been here for a full year. I kind of agree with that. And that you don't even know Mm. the city until a full year, like where everything is. Um, So how can he know anything about the women when he's still figuring it out, if he even figuring out if he even still likes it here, you know? So I think you got to ease into that. I think the women should come last. You should establish yourself, you know, right now what you've done. Yeah, well, first I had to get a job, you know. Yeah, you got a job. You need to make money. Mm Mm-hmm. I get the whole like, you know, feminism and now equal rights and but I still don't think women should have to split the bill. So you gotta <laughs> right. take care of that. That's that always sense. even if they should, that shit still, still doesn't fly. On the dollar, to be fair, so. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. We, Thank we gotta, you. Pay, we <laughs> Thank Are we really going into the wage gap uh, argument right now? <laughs> Wait, isn't that why we get the extra thirty cents to pay for the bill? <laughs> well it's also because men do life threatening jobs and they're not all teachers. Anyway, um, <laughs> Oh, my. Here we go. Here we go. I'm this is going to be another thing that you have to apologize for later on. <laughs> no, it's not. List all the That's jobs. good old-fashioned social science. I worked in. Okay, so so wait. Let's let's go to Crystal. So, yes, Tommy, we're you. done with you. Appreciate now, um, it. Tommy, great job, honey. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Tommy, great. Uh, so, now, I first met you at the Laugh Factory through Jay Davis. Yeah. You were, we did a show in the VIP room of the Laugh Factory Oh, my one night, God. Which is crazy because there's only one stage. It was the first time they ever did that. Yeah, and it was so packed that we're like, okay, we're just going to do it here with these chairs. And it was a great show, actually. And yeah. you were hosting that show. That, well, Jay always gives me the cold open. So Jay Davis. Okay. Who's, yeah. But what the deal so is... Let, let's, so I always assume no one knows what the fuck we're talking about. So a okay. cold open is... When you have a show, uh, usually the host comes out and goes, hey, guys, I'm the host of the show. Uh, where are you from? Idaho? You like potatoes? And then whatever. They do their thing. Good joke, well, right? Uh, and uh, the cold open is a sort of – I think Jay was the first person I know who did that yeah. years ago. Now a lot of people do it. Before the host comes on. Yeah, they kind of bite the bullet. Just throw someone up there It's like a stage. really hard spot. There's but, you know, his Jay Davis is known as one of the best comedy producers. So you want to take any spot with him, you know? Sure, so yeah. – when I first started, that was the only spot he offered me. And he said, you got to help me promote the show. So I'd always bring out like 50 to 100 people. Now Jesus. I can't. Well, now, I, but it was when I first started comedy. So everyone wanted to support it and come out and blah, blah, blah. Um, How long ago was this? This, was, this e- was a year and a half ago. I've been doing comedy two years now. Okay. So yeah, this was like maybe longer. I, this was probably three months into me comedy that, that he started giving me the cold opens. Um and for a beginner comic, it is a very difficult spot. That spot should go to like veteran comics who just never made it. Like who know what the fuck they're <laughs> Why'd doing. Why'd you look at me when you said that? that no, was I'm, really saying, I'm, rude. Not... I'm kidding. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but so for that particular show, he's like, I need you to help me fill the room, which I did. But then all the people who I got to come. They showed up late? No, they showed up on time. But he, because like, you know, Jay does a lot of guest list. Yeah. Not anymore, but he did at that point. And Laugh Factory, like, they're great about doing a guest list for comic fans. Yeah. So I had a guest list of, like, 60 people. None of them could get it. I guess Laugh Factory, what they do is they let all the paid tickets in first. Yeah. And then they let in the guest list. So my poor friends were in line for, like, an hour and a half. Oh, shit. And Jay was like, they can't get in. I go, no, no, no. They got to get in. This is fucked up. These are like big directors, producers, like Will Allegra, the the producer of um, the Lego movies was there. And I was like, do not embarrass me. 
Yeah. You know, these are like my my fiance at the time's uh, clients and things of that nature. So he was like, all right, we're going to make a miracle happen. And this is Jay Davis. When he needs to make a miracle happen, he makes a miracle happen. He got a microphone. He's like, we're going to do another show up here. It's the first time in the history of the Laugh Factory, but we're going to do it. And you were great. We had a good time. It was fun. Like it was, it ended up being good because I felt bad like Jamie Kennedy's whole team had to sit upstairs like yeah. his management team his agents were all there and uh so it worked out we ma- we made it happen people still got a good show yeah um so all the comics that were on that lineup except dane dane couldn't make it they all did it so it was great yeah so um before you were doing comedy uh, you were a news, news reporter, reporter right yeah what type of news were you doing? I just did entertainment and sports news. So um, I was on a show. I, I, I'll name all the stuff that I had done. Like I did extra on NBC. I did HBO Boxing. I used to host a show called The Fumble, which was a YouTube show, but it was also on AOL On and Yahoo Sports, uh-huh. uh, which is like the most full-time job I had because I was there for six days a week yeah. um, covering every sport. So that was a crazy job. Uh, and then I did like HLN, CNN, a lot of stuff as like a correspondent. Um, Sunrise Australia. I was there, sh- one of their showbiz Were you living reporters. in Australia doing that? No, they do uh, Hollywood showbiz reporters, they call it. Oh. Um, so in Century City, there's a studio. It's yeah. like the most amazing studio. Um, and we go and we do our live crosses. Yeah. Well, I sounds- would stay there all day and do like three live crosses. It was pretty good. I mean, that cool. sounds like a really full life and pretty rewarding. What yeah. made you go from that? Go, you know, fuck this. I want to tell jokes to strangers who may or may not hate me. Well, I kind of had like a weird breakdown. I just like was doing too much, too much at once, too many jobs at once. Um, and then I booked like my dream job, what I thought was my dream job, which was extra. Yeah, for which sure. Which is primetime television. It's amazing. Were like you my- like, were you as one of the lead anchors? No, no, no. I was a correspondent. Okay. So like they always bring on correspondents. You do correspondent work for one to two years. If you're good, they they give you the, the lead correspondent. But Got they it. don't just, even Mario Lopez had to do mm-hmm. correspondent work before they gave him the lead anchor, yeah. you know? And he's huge. Yeah. Um, so you did that for... I did that. And then I, my like first interview was amazing. It was like Kelsey Grammer and uh, what's the guy from SNL? Um, he's not on it. Well, anyways, it was an amazing, it was just some, but I left feeling very unfulfilled because it's like all of their publicists are there. When you hit primetime TV, you can't ask anyone shit. You have to get permission. If you ask something they don't like, they'll stop the interview. Um, and when I was working like at rinky dink entertainment news shows, I was interviewing like Snooki. I wasn't interviewing A-list celebrities. Yeah. So Snooki, that bitch is like, I'm going to show you my titty on this interview. You know what I mean? They were fun. Like you got to have a good time. And you could um, ask whatever you wanted. You could to. ask whatever you wanted. You know, then it's like, I could have a good time. I could shine a little bit more. But when I have to like do serious interviews, I just, it doesn't, it works well if the topic is not a movie or because I'm great. I'm great at being dry. Like you've seen. I don't know if you've seen my stand up, yeah. but I'm just very dry and methodical on stage. Um, and that's how I am in interviews. But it's great with crazy people like with like a Snooki. It's great. It, it works really well because, you know, you can only have one banana man it has to be one straight guy. And one they call yeah. it that if you've ever done improv, they always tell you that the Laurel Hardy. Yes. Yeah. So you get one crazy person, which is usually these reality TV stars who are like desperate for attention or like, you know, the the D-list celebrities. They're yeah. all about giving you a gr- they want to give you a great interview. A-list celebrities, they want to stick to the script, which is very boring. Yeah. And a lot of people would die to have that job. I was so happy to have it. My family was very proud. Um, but the senior executive producer who gave me the spot, 
she said, you need to just go do stand up. This is not what Interesting. you're How did trying she know? to do. Because I had done like um, crowd warm up for HBO. Oh, really? For what show? Um, it was for us, the season two Ballers premiere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they that, flew me By out. the way, crowd warm for people who don't know who've never been to a live taping. I think is one of the hardest jobs yeah, in the business. But it's so amazing. I don't care what anyone says. I love it. So what would you do for you, you did so just one for was, a long time? They or? really wanted so so for this red carpet premiere, Dwayne Johnson really wanted it to be very extravagant. So he wanted like a glamazon reporter to come out and like hype everyone up and then interview the guys as they walk the carpet. Yeah. So I had never done crowd warm up before in my life. So I didn't know what was what I was about to get myself into. Yeah, that sounds crazy that you went from not doing any stand up to being a crowd warm up yeah. for a big show. And so I went and I did it and I killed it. Like even the DJ was like giving me props afterwards. He's like, I can't believe that was it just worked really well. And what's crazy is I don't they didn't give me anything to give to the crowd. Yeah, you didn't have like a t shirt cannon. They gave or me like DVDs that. at the end, but I was like, No one has DVD players anymore, you know? Um, so no one cared. I'd be like, Who wants one of these DVDs? And they were like, What's a DVD? They're all these like little 19-year-old <laughs> kids. They don't use DVDs. Yeah. Um, and by the way, how many hours was it? I've, I've it done was like three and a half hours, hours, four hours total. So it was a lot of work. you have to talk the whole time. Yeah, and it, I was in a dress and four-inch heels, and it was the Miami heat in the middle of summer. Yes. Humidity and that heat, it was crazy. Um, were you doing jokes or were you just talking to people? No, I was audience? just doing crowd work. Crowd yeah. work has always been my yeah. strong suit. And so um, it was just crowd work the entire time. Yeah. Just interviewing people and like making it funny and having a good time. And um, it was nice. It was great. Wow. And so you just said, So that then one after show. that, all the execs came up to me and they said, Have you ever done stand up? Do you do, oh, are you a stand up oh, comedian? Is that how they found you? Is what they said to me. <laughs> I was like, No, I've never done stand up. Like, you should do stand up and we'll monitor you. You're great, blah, blah, blah. You have like a unique story. Wait, they said they'll monitor you? Monitor me, meaning like I have an in. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sure. I have an in once I feel comfortable to send something, which I'm two years in, I'm still not comfortable to send them anything. Um, then, you know, until I was, I was telling Lori, I was like, until I have like a 15 minute where I don't do any crowd work. Yeah. Well, I have 15, maybe 30 minutes where I don't do any crowd work and it's just me just, you know, drilling out my jokes. Yeah. I don't think I'm ready for anyone in my opinion. Yeah. Cause even the comics that did, uh, do their one hour specials. They say there's always 30 minutes they can cut out. Oh, for sure. So I, I feel like 30 minutes like this far in would be great. Um, because then, then you have a solid 15. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I can do 20, 30, I can stretch it to 30, but it's not going to just be me. It's going to be you going to the crowd. Yeah. Doing, yeah. But course. I'm only two years in. They say you get a good seven minutes every year is what I've heard. Yeah. Is that true? I don't know. I, I know that I was, I don't want to like, I, I was slated to do a half hour Comedy Central special uh -huh. this time last year. And I was like, oh, half hour. I've done like an hour and a half on stage, an hour and 45. I was like, not a problem. But then going up there with zero crowd work to do a half hour, I was yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah, I didn't yeah, realize yeah. how much I relied on crowd work. Well, it's funny because in Lebanon, I just came back from, I did a mini tour in Beirut, Lebanon. With, what type uh, of, was it a tour? It was with like four other comedians. It was a military tour or anything? No. No, it was just for the people of Beirut. It was called the Hollywood Pop-Up Comedy Club. Now, are you a big star over there in Beirut? No, I feel like now I am. <laughs> um, but they definitely took on to me a little bit more than the other comics because I was Middle Eastern. Um, so the other comics, you don't have to name names, but you can. 
did some other comics go there and just have like not connect to the audience? No, at all? everyone connected, but yeah. no one filled seats. Got it. Like no one was like, oh, I want to go do. They were. These are all phenomenal comics that I was so lucky to be working with. But yeah, like, no one knows who Chinadu Naka is in Lebanon. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, they know who Kevin Hart is. They know who like, but they wouldn't know who like Sebastian is. I don't think. Yeah. You know, so they know like the big movie stars. Of course. But it doesn't matter how established you are as a comedian unless you're like a movie star. They don't know who you are. Yeah. Um, but the but the fact that because they really push that I was like an Arab and, you know, my parents are from Iraq um, and I'm Catholic Iraqi. Oh, wow. And Lebanon is the only other place in the Middle East where there's Christians and Muslims. But in in Beirut, they coexist with each other. They're all like cool with each other in Iraq. Yes, it's a problem. There's like a genocide happening with the Christians right now. So it's just not a thing. So that was interesting and, and it, it felt good to see that. Yeah. Um, but I think that too, to like the Christians in the country, they're like, oh, she's a, she's a Christian Arab and they enjoyed that. So Yeah, and that was the first time you've performed overseas as a comic. It is. Yeah. And I just got asked to, now I'm getting booked again to go back to Lebanon at the end of the year. And what's crazy is, sorry, I'm talking so much. No, this is great. This we is went there and my dad had stage four cancer and uh, I, I used the money I got paid for that to bring my parents out. Okay. Yeah. There's supposed to be this church. I think it's called Charbel. I'm saying it wrong. I hope to God not because I hope just Google it. It'll come up. So it's miracles happen there where people who are sick go there and they're, they're healed somehow miraculously healed. Okay. We go in and we talk to a priest. My parents are like crazy Catholic because you know, when you grow up somewhere and they tell you, you can't be this religion, it makes you just want to be more religious, you know? So, um, we went, we went to the priest to, for him to like bless and heal my father. The guy was holding, by the way, everyone smokes in Lebanon. It's crazy. Um, the priest, the is, priest smoking. is smoking a cigarette <laughs> while he's healing my father. It was the craziest thing <laughs> of cancer and yes. drinking like a coffee. And like, it was just the craziest thing. My dad called me today. Mind you, this was the end of November. This trip went from the end of November to early December. We were there for two weeks, my family and I. I got a call today saying that my dad is cancer-free. He is in remission. So isn't that the craziest? Yes, but was your dad also doing traditional Western medicine? Like yes, of chemo? course. Okay, of course. yeah, there you go. I always love that. Like he's cured. Of course. He like qualified for a medication that um, only like 11% of cancer patients qualify for. So it saved his life. But Bill, this could have been such a sweet, heartwarming story for the people of Lebanon, and you just took it from me. I'm cynical. Well, because I, someone told me about this guy, John of God. I don't know if you've heard of John of God. He's another one of these like super miracle here and, and somewhere in South America. And like, I'm going to go to John and God, and I'm going to fix everything. And I started looking into it, and then you found out that he had cancer, and he cured himself. And then you find out that he actually got chemotherapy. Yeah. Well, kinda, there, it's, there are a lot of people who try to take the natural route, um, which, you know— if my dad would have said that, I would have, my hair would have all fallen out because I would yeah. have gone crazy. But like, you just have to be so careful with cancer because there are so many options now and you just got to make sure it's the right, like radiation almost killed my dad. So oh, wow. if we would have just waited for this pill, it would have been the better thing to do. Luckily it came within like two days of him dying. So it's like, wow. yeah. So I'm telling you with cancer, you just, you need to do your research. We we got referred to a doctor who I hated. He had the worst bedside manner. But everyone's like, he's going to do great. Like, he'll do great for your dad. And I, to this day, don't believe them. I'm like, I hate this motherfucker. But 
And this is in Beirut, obviously. No, no, no. This is in Detroit, Michigan, where my parents live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, the guy is great because my dad's, you know, he was on his deathbed when I was in Detroit. Um, Wow. I was in the hospital with him for 10 days. The doctor came in the room, wouldn't even like look me in the eyes because he thought my dad was not going to make it. And then we got so lucky the next day his medication came in and... It was crazy. Wow, that's amazing. And it's also kind of amazing that you were able to have that experience with your dad and he's still alive. Yeah. Because, you know, everyone's always like, oh, I never got to say goodbye. You had like, you got to have that whole thing happen. And you're like, okay, great. I got to do it again in like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> that's really amazing. I really love that. So you're going back to Lebanon. I mean, things are really kind of blown up for you right now. Though, I, I feel. mean, it feels that way, but I need to make money, you know? <laughs> what, you're not making so, money doing comedy not, yet? I mean, I am, but it's not like I made way more money as a reporter. Of course. So I would like to go back to making that kind of money because um, now it's like I've gone through like my savings for comedy because it's like, like an idiot, I didn't like pull back on my spending. I was like, no, no, I'm going to keep spending like I'm making 200 grand a year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And so, uh, so when you go from that to zero, it's a big deal. So because comedy, it's like, yeah, I go to Lebanon and they pay me, but like... It's, it's not even what I would be making, you know, for the whole month. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty much what you're making for the whole month. So it's yeah. not that much. And again, I'm not like Tiffany Haddish. I'm not like making crazy amounts of money to go overseas. Making $10 million in her next film, by the way. What? She's making $10 million in her next film. She deserves it. Yeah. What she, movie is she doing? I'm a, I imagine this girl's trip too. Oh, that makes but sense. But I don't know. But yeah, she's yeah. in. It feels like she's every time like there's like four movies at the theater right now that she's in. Yeah. Doesn't she have a, the what what men think? Is that her? Is, that is she in that? Oh, that's oh, so yeah. racist. Yeah, that's so racist. That's so racist. That's another one. No, Tiffany's so great. She's so fun to watch. She's like great. <laughs> she's great. I love we went her. To the same high Did you really? Yeah. Did you know her in high school? No, because I am six years younger than her. Oh, okay. Her. How old are you? Thirty-two. So, oh, yeah, I'm seven years younger than her. Yeah. yeah so. Well, yeah, she she actually has a plaque in the high school. For oh, I'm sure she does. No, I think I think it was actually like for academics. Oh, she was also on the debate team. That's why because I she has I interviewed Courtney Sherman and she was like I beat Tiffany Haddish in like it's the really- all region debate. Okay, she okay. We got to get Crystal Marie coffee because she just yawned, I asked, which he is said, what party do you want to drink? I made I coffee, said coffee and water, so, and he so, didn't bring me either so, of them. So you know, what's it, Tommy, you're taking her interview. I'm gonna get her coffee because in there waiting for her. Okay. Sorry. Can I help you with the coffee? coffee too, Can I help oh you with the coffee? God. Do you use the bathroom? Do you want help? Tommy, take over. Uh, okay, I'm gonna help him with the coffee. Okay. No, Great. No, Great. Well, this is so awkward for you to get out of. I do gotta say, I don't know why I sat on this beanbag. It's been. It's not that comfortable. No, no, it's comfortable. It's just kind of, you know. Thank you. And Laura, you want coffee too? Is that yeah. coffee? No, that's fine. I don't know if it's good. You know what I mean? It might I feel be like kind it of smells good. great. Tommy, take over. Okay. Questions. All right. Yeah. Follow-up okay, questions. Tommy. Anyways, where were we, honey? When we were um, having our love match? <laughs> Till Bill interrupted. What a cock blocker, right? Does I he know. always cock block on you, or was always, this the first time? Always. Yeah. You know, it looks like a thing he does. Me and Bill. Because you're younger, you know, you're fresh. You're like he's. He used to probably have that sort of energy. He can't handle it. Now it's he's just this different, bitter person. Yeah. 
definitely. <laughs> we just shit talk Bill for like yeah, 30 what if, minutes. That's while it. He's Take your time, coffee. Bill. We're just talking shit about you. This coffee is surprisingly good. He'll so never listen to this. It's not hot enough. But he probably it's... doesn't listen to the show. No, I doubt it. <laughs> Or else he would never let it go this long. If no. I had to listen to every episode, I'd be like, let's go, bitch. You're talking too long. We don't want to hear about your dad dying. Oh, my God. Um, so what? what is uh, what's some lighter stuff? Some lighter stuff? Coming well, up in the future for, uh, for you two. Lori, actually, um, you were just telling me about something today in the car. What was it? You know, I took some weed that's supposed to be focus weed, and it is. I am the. I'm the opposite of focused. Oh yeah, same. It's not. It you all does not. Focus weed before you came here. What? Yeah, I don't smoke a lot of weed, but like I went to the weed store today. I mean, this week to buy some stuff for a friend, and then I got upsold somehow. They they got me to buy everything in the goddamn what, store. What shop did you go to? Uh, I could tell you right now because I reviewed it on Yelp. Did you really? <laughs> what did you get? I didn't really weed that had Yelp. It does now. It's legal, so what'd you give them, by the way? I want to know. What did I give them? Yeah, did you give them like a four star, five stars, three stars? <laughs> well, I, I gave them, he like made me do it in front of him. Oh. It's called, whoa. Did he give you a deal if you gave him a review? No, I should have gotten that. Uh, yeah. I got some free stuff for doing that you're one bad, time. For Middle Eastern, you're bad at bartering. Uh, it was called Ace something. <laughs> I don't remember, you guys. I'm sorry. Because I'm looking up the old stuff, and I've looked up too many more. My cousin made me go to MedMen. That thing's like the... Like, like it's the Apple, Apple store, store of I was going to say, weed. it's like an yeah. Apple store of weed. I've been to MedMen. Yeah, I don't, I don't smoke weed because, you know, I'm 32. I, you know, but, uh, what, what does that have to do with mean? not smoking weed? Uh, no, I do grown-up drugs now. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do cocaine like an adult. Like cocaine and Molly. No, okay. Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. okay. Oh, God. That it's okay funny. if you do cocaine. You can admit it. Not, not anymore. But, <laughs> but not any less. <laughs> um, I'm actually new to the weed game. I think we talked about this. I because I, I I don't know if I have an addiction to Ambien, but I like it. Right. You're so this tweeting in no time. <laughs> Are you that's the thing. No, I actually talked about that. Because that's a problem. No, but I definitely when the whole thing happened with Roseanne, I remember thinking I, I have I've ordered like Tempur Pedic sweatpants that light up on Ambien. And I've ordered shit that showed up the next day. Like, what the fuck did I buy? Yeah. But I never was like, man, black people suck or, you know. Right. Well, whatever. You, we, all, we all know what <laughs> no, she said. No, by all means. Go for it. Okay. So um, <laughs> how's the coffee, by the way? Is it okay? It's delicious. Okay. So Lori's coffee is probably brewed by now. So let's move on to Lori Douglas for Doug a second. I'm Douglas. not done. I have so much more to say. No, say more. Say more, I'm please. Just joking. Anyone else dying? <laughs> anyone else dying that you want to talk about? Anyone else dying that you want to talk about? It was a great story. What you say about Crystal Marie? Yeah. Yes. You know, as a as a fellow Iraqi, by the way, that's the way it's pronounced. Oh. Oh, was he shitting on me? I'm sorry. Middle Easterners fighting each other. That's rare. Anyway, especially a man, a Middle Eastern man shitting on a Middle Eastern woman. That's even more rare. Wow. Oh, I am the most bitch. I've been abused for four years <laughs> in, in a four-year relationship. Okay, we are well, okay. not talking about dark things anymore. <laughs> of course Did you, you not have to. Did you not hear Bill say we're moving on from the dark stuff? Everybody's allowed to, to have you. one dark. Okay, we're, yeah. we're, we're, let's, let's every other. We're, we're on you now, so let's talk yeah, to you. Yeah, I mean, you already... No, you hijacked, no, you hijacked no, no, no. her interview, you can't talk you about being abused. You can't... No, no, no. Back to you, motherfucker. No, no. You can't talk about being abused for four years and then let it go. I was joking. I was you open up a door, have a swig, talk about it. 
Uh, no, you in a relationship? He's had enough. This person, your ex, is not going to listen to this show. Don't worry about it. No, she doesn't like comedy, so. Yeah, like perfect. So say whatever you oh, want. Oh, what about a great it. relationship! No, 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 I was just saying that. You know, I was kind of like, okay, okay, you'll let me kind of thing where I was like, in a, I was in the past four years. I was in a relationship where basically it's like, hey, let me tell you why you suck, and I was like, oh, okay, uh-huh. you're right. And you just took it. Yeah. Just yeah. Took it. But credit to her. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have uh, came back to my dream of doing stand-up. So. So shout out to her. Is that credit to her? No, shout out to it. your ex. I like your ex. I met her. I thought she was fun. No, she was she was, <laughs> she was fun. She was fun. It just uh just a little too much. <laughs> just like, you know, like uh, Was she also uh I Racky? No, I, she I was never, white. No, no, she was white. She was white, okay. She was white as fuck. What did your parents think about that? My mom was okay. Oh, I have one parent. My, I have my mom. She uh-huh. she uh she was she, she was fine. She loved it. She was fine. My mom my mom grew up uh even though I was like a Muslim Iraqi, she grew up in like a community where her best friend was Jewish and her other best friend was Christian in Iraq, and they were fine. Like, say what you will about Saddam, but everyone just unanimously hated him. So there was no sure, might exactly. Be war- might be weren't genociding anyone yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for not murdering my family. And you, uh, so your your mom was uh, was an immigrant then, yeah, yeah. and she moved here when she moved here um, before I was born. And he said I was born in L.A. Yeah. yeah, you're like you're like a an LA kid. You're like kind of like a Hollywood kid, right? This is my hometown. Yeah, Hollywood and LA are my hometown. Yeah, and what was your high school? Uh, El Camino Real College. <laughs> no, El Camino Real High School. Um, where Tiffany Haddish where went to Tiffany school. Tiffany Haddish also went. There must be a lot of other fancy people who Actually, went there, right? You know, who, uh, you know who, what's her name? Denise Richards also went there. Oh, she's uh-huh. so hot. America Ferrera went there too. Uh huh. You know, I heard, you know, Faisal Lawrence went there, but nobody cares yet. Yet. One day. One day. One day. One day. Like, one day. We see himself? you on the no. Jumbotron. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, but no, there's actually a lot of people that came out of there. That's great. Um, uh, Do you feel bad you, that you haven't made it yet? No, because I realized what I did through most of my 20s, and I'm surprised that I'm still alive. So. Yeah, so every day is extra. Let's talk about it. What did you do in your 20s? Yeah, let's talk about your 20s. I'd like to hear about... you need to really listen to what he says so that you can get some good juice out of this. This is why she's a great interviewer. She's She's great. Oh, that's true. Reported by trade. No, 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 no. No, no, it's on you. It's on you. You got the yellow mic. What happened? You did a lot of drugs. Yeah, what happened in the 20s? It's okay. We can talk about it. It's okay. I'm comfortable with it. A lot of partying. I was on my way to law school. And and then I and then I discovered uh, EDM music and Molly, and I was like, this is bo-. I was like, this is boring. I'm gonna go do that. And then uh, yeah, when I was like taking Adderall to get through class, uh, and uh, and still and still like feeling the night before, I was like, you know what? I'm just not gonna come anymore. <laughs> like, so you dropped out of high school? No, no, dropped out of college. Oh, dropped out. Of, no, what, I was on my way to law school. Got it, got it. What what college were you at? Oh, I was at uh, Cal State University Northridge. But I got into like you, I. I I was someone. Who, I was someone who made the dean's list and did stuff like that. Yeah. But I, uh, when I like, when, when, like the schools I got accepted to, they were like UCs. They were all like good schools. They were all outside of, LA, LA. And I was like, hey, I don't want to leave my mom. She has yeah. No other family here. And two, I just also, I also didn't want to give up. Even though I wasn't doing stand up or acting, I didn't want to give up on that dream. So I was like, if I leave LA for college, I, I won't. Yeah. So, so you had like entertainment dreams, even though you were going into I, the I wanted field. to act since I was like maybe five or six years old. That's cool. Were did you, you act in high school? Stuff? I didn't do a damn thing, but I did. Mm. I did play production and stuff in high school and uh, stuff like that. And then I have really low self-esteem, so I was like, no one will ever cast me because I'm ethnic and. Yeah. 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 Like, now, now Arabs were trending, yeah, so it's yeah, great. No, it's a good time to be Arab. It's good. It's a good time. I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for them to get like through. Don't steal that joke, Faisal. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna use I'm, it. I'm <laughs> 
Okay. I uh, no, I'm waiting for them to get through like the good people, like the Crystal Marie's, the Hassan Minaj. I don't even use my last name. They don't know that I'm a fucking Arab. They probably think I'm Italian. You look like Princess Jasmine. They know you're Arab. No. After this nose job, are you crazy? Oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, but no, they. they, But like, I'm waiting for them to get through the Fahim and Lori. Would down to me. But (laughs) Fahim is not Arab. I know, but he's still. Do you think they know the difference? (laughs) So Fahim is what is Fahim? Fahim is Afghani. F- oh, then he is Arab. Aren't Afghanis no. Arab? No. They're not? You're the worst Arab. I'm way. sorry. I, what is... I, oh, no, wait. Hold on, hold on. It's not even like Middle Eastern. They're like Southeast Asia. Okay, let's stop for a second. What Southwest. constitutes Arab? Uh, there's 21 Arab countries. 21 and <laughs> Afghanistan them. is that Name one. Them. Name them. Name them. Name them. Name them. <laughs> Saudi Arabia, <laughs> Iraq, Saudi- Lebanon. Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Lebanon, Jordan. Let's see. Uh, Yemen. <laughs> Egypt? Uh, yeah. Egypt is one. Is Istanbul? Istanbul. No, that's Turkish. Morocco? Morocco is an Arab country, too. I'm Algeria, just guessing. Albania, Seven, eight, nine. Uh, Sudan is technically ten. an Arab country, so we're on 10. 11 more. Uh, Yemen? Did we know Yemen? Yemen? Yeah. UAE. You said Yemen? UAE is one. Ooh, okay. Uh, oh, Qatar, this mo- I knew this motherfucker knows Qatar, things. Kuwait. <laughs> Kuwait? Uh, let's see. Oh, Goofy-looking white boy. I know Do you say Iran, Iraq? Oh, Palestine. Study map. Yeah, <laughs> We're on 15. I think we, we what was the last one you said? Palestine. Okay. <laughs> did we hit Saudi Arabia? Is Israel? No. We didn't say Saudi Arabia. So. Yes, we did. We yeah, said it first. <laughs> that that oh, should be count. first. That was like top three. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm well, I, I feel like that's close I'm enough. I'm shocked that you got that many. That was yeah, amazing. That was very America. impressive. There's, there's a few more. There's a few, but I can't think it's of just, one. So yeah. Fahim would be considered what then? Is he's Middle Eastern? He's, I don't think he's Middle Eastern. Fahim is not Middle Eastern because he's... I think he identifies as Middle Eastern. I think he identifies as brown. Because <laughs> he always says, I'm a brown comic. Like, you know, you want to hear a funny story? Actually, um, Ari Spears couldn't make it to a show, but Fahim was picking up his like a paycheck from the Laugh Factory. And I was like, hey, Fahim, please, can you buy some time till, till like Amir K was on his way? But I was like, can you buy some time? So I just go up, st- I go up, and I'm like, hey, guys, we have a special guest dropping. And I'm like, like, and I talk about his goat face special. I'm like, Fahim Anwar. And he comes on, and he's just like, he's like, are you guys more? Are you guys disappointed? It's not someone more famous. Like, Here's a special cast. My cousin. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. He's, That's so I think funny. he's one of the best comics. He's, he's so my favorite. Well, he's at my absolute favorite right yeah, now. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm like it's, so. It's, it's him and Sam obsessed Kino. with him. Yeah. And uh, and Bill Dawes also. He has a yeah. Bill oh, Dawes. gee, thanks for so the underrated. <laughs> so underrated. I was really hoping for a comedy actually, central Brent. special out of him. So I'm disappointed that hasn't happened yet. I have, I have, uh. I have, yeah, I actually, I actually bought tickets to the taping, but no, but he didn't show. Oh, okay. uh, that's that another happened? story for another podcast that about real? that. Oh that, no, I, but I, I, but I was, I was, I was booked to do one. And I got paid to do one, but I didn't do one. I had, I another had friends story. That actually asked for a bill though. I might because I, you know, I host weekly. Enough about me. Back to you in the twenties when you're doing shit tons of drugs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to stand for. So, oh, oh, so the EDM thing. So again, people who don't know, EDM stands for electronic dance music. Okay, so it is a whole culture where people travel around the world. And they just go to like warehouses and No, I, I was no I was I'm more so of like a Main Street Hollywood guy. Like I go to Coachella, I go to like He's bougie. But I, I go to the I've gone to the warehouses here in LA, but Did you wanna to go to Fire the Fire Festival? You know what's funny? At the time I had I I had the money to do it. And I was Did you buy tickets? I, no, no, oh. I was like uh, no, because someone was trying to convince me like instead of going to Coachella, because that was used to be my ex girlfriend's gift every year. Like I think I think that year I spent because I was making good money at the time, so I spent uh, I spent five thousand on room and tickets alone, and then also whatever we like did. She there. was a bitch to you. 
No, no, she, no, she was cool. It's just there's other times where she was a bitch. <laughs> I think like Coachella was the beginning of FOMO. I think oh, Coachella yeah, single-handedly invented FOMO. Well, her and I had to go every year. Not only was it around her birthday, I, it was also like if not, we'd be the only people that lived in Hollywood that didn't go. Yeah, I remember that, like when it, the first year we skipped it, it, it was just like, it was just like, oh, so we're. I was like, there's no lines for anything. There was parking everywhere. It was great. Yeah, but yeah, no, it was. It, it, it felt weird the first year we skipped it. We went four years in a row. Oh wow! And now is that connected? Is Burning Man part of that same world and culture? Burning, Burning, uh, Burning Man's a, like a like a more like sub genre of that EDM culture. Yeah. They like you know that that that's like a they're called burners actually those burners people, yes those people those people do the more psychedelic I've always stuff. wanted to go to Burning Man I've always wanted to go to Burning Man but I hate it because nobody's invited me well if I'm rich enough for the next Burning Man I'll take you we'll get we'll have an RV I love you out. yeah I'll take hard. you. Yeah, I heard it's a, I heard it's a great I heard it's a great time. Yeah, but I'm not going without like a big uh, fucking. Well, we know you need an entourage wherever you go. Yeah. So also, I need one of those. What are they called? An RV. Yeah. Well, I, well, I need a working toilet. Exactly. And air conditioning. Yes, for sure. Me too. I'm with you. I, I'm not I, staying in no tent. Have you? I've heard stories about those tents and like what happens and. Go on. It's Wait, a mixture of just like the the sand is no joke. Orgies yeah. and swamp ass. That's what I've heard. Orgies, orgies, orgies and, and swamp like, ass. Or you know, like random people will just go into your tent thinking like you want to have an orgy, and I would be like, you're gonna get stabbed in your dick. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, I'm here for the gangbang. <laughs> By the way, I want this is this is a hard hard turn, but. Do you remember when this? Uh, <laughs> okay, what is it? Speaking of dicks, but do you remember there was a, a, a female comic who wrote a blog? It was after when the Me Too thing happened. I definitely want to get into that a little bit with women. And she, a, a, a male comic went to a green room, and it was the female comic and like maybe three other male comics. I don't know, whatever. She was maybe the only female. And he goes, Oh, hey, I'm here for the gangbang, which is a line from old school. Which yeah. is a classic yeah. comedy line, yeah, yeah. and she wrote a blog about it, about how it was like so completely, she felt unsafe, and and everyone was like, yeah, that's and this comic got sort of like banned from the club. Who is the comic? I don't want to say. Well, it's it's public information, isn't it? Uh, it might be, but I still okay. don't really feel oh, comfortable. Google it real quick. Google I don't want to say. I don't want to say because I don't know his name. But um, oh, you don't. Know his name. Okay. Well, it's not. It wasn't in L.A., by the way. So I, I don't know. know. I, what I, would I Google? That's so weird. Okay. Anyways, I'm continue. Here. Google. I'm, I'm here for the game. You're, you're gonna get porn if you Google that. You're gonna get porn. Yeah, I'm here. For okay, you. so you you were in the the morass of EDM and well, Molly yeah, yeah. and, and orgies. I was just in the Hollywood. Wait, scene. I thought oh, we were gonna discuss what you were just talking about. We'll get to that later. We gotta finish up Faisal's story. No, no. This is the weirdest segue I have. Ever? I don't know. We've gone back and okay, forth. Okay, anyway, No, no. I was just in the Hollywood scene a lot. I was, I was a big party guy. I literally, I dropped out of school. I literally, at one point, I had no job, and uh, you know, my ex actually was like taking care of me. Just what a like, bitch. You actually had a great. You actually, yeah. What a, what a <laughs> No, you actually had a great joke about building up a man and not. Yeah, it's keep, my best joke. What's your joke? Let's it's hear it. It's not just a good joke. It's the great. Well, let's hear it. My let's best hear it. Joke. I said great. <laughs> that let's was. I didn't get any props from big comics until like wrote that joke what is now that joke? It's real. they'll be like that joke is tv ready you need to do it you need to and i'm like so i can't get on tv with just one three minute joke motherfucker um but that. what's the I, joke i don't want to tell you yeah it's just share with the class give the premise without giving it away. no one's good first of all it's not going to like kill any show that you did like well, I, I heard says, that in the podcast it's just it's just here's the premise is i started dating someone when i dated them they were broke 
Yeah. Then I then I helped him start a company. He started making more money than I am. Then the, the as soon as he started making more money than me, he started doing things he wasn't supposed to be doing. Like talking with back. Other women. Oh, talking back. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's a high five right there. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. No, it's good. <laughs> so how did you pull yourself out of this uh, this world? Out of the EDM world into the, um, the illustrious world of stand-up comedy. Um, I just well, part of it was I, I when I turned thirty, I was like, you need to stop just being a waiter. I was like, because I, I did get a job eventually, you know, but I was like, you need to stop just being. You need to do something. You're obviously you either need to go back to law school. And I was like, which is not for me, or you need to like pursue your dream. I had a, I have one of my best friends, Danny Waters, who's like a, who's like a working actor. When we were on, when we were hanging out and like drinking he'd always be like you need to do it you have the gift you need to do it like grab me and i had done stand-up before i just gave up and why did you give up um part of it was pressure for my mom to like finish school of course the other part of it was just low self-esteem i just never thought i was i was like anyone would want to hear me and i'd always do good i'd always do well so when i went back to it i was i'd already done stand-up so i looked good at the open mics i looked good at the bringers yeah. Because I'd already done it compared mm. to people who were just doing it for the first time. Sure. So I stood out. That's what shot me up a little faster. Yeah. That and I also. You were like, a you big know, fish in a small pond. Yeah. And then I also, I was also able to bring people because it's in my sense. hometown. Yeah. So, and how did you get connected with the Laugh Factory? How that happened? Um, well, I, I just like Chris. Jay Winter. Davis loves Arabs. Jay Davis loves Arabs. <laughs> no, so I, I, I uh, he knows we're hard workers. He always tells me that. I, He's like, you I, guys are the hardest workers. Because I would like go barking to, to to get the amount of people I needed for his shows. I, so yeah. he knew we'd deliver. I still sit around and text all day, and people are like, oh, "Are you ignoring me?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did a, I did a, I was doing bringers at the comedy store, and then like I did. I did one bringer, and somebody was somebody told Jay Davis, somebody that knew Jay Davis, was like, "Hey, this guy's pretty funny," and he brought fifty-two people to a bringer. Yeah, he's like, he's like, "Well, let's which see is what crazy. Th- All you need is five. Yeah, yeah, yeah should have yeah. saved them. Well, t- well, ten, ten to get paid for that show. That was, that and was how do you show. get these people? How do you get fifty? And you two, how do you get people fifty-two people? Because I came up doing bringers. And it was ten for ten minutes. We well, gotta remember it's well for me. I could do it because it's Jay Davis's lineup. You'd have like Jim Jeffries, Pablo Francisco, Chris like Delia, all the top comics. Yeah. On one lineup, so people are like you can get me in this show for free, or you can get me in this show for ten dollars. Yeah. And they would be begging me to come. They weren't there really for me. They were there because it was a sick ass lineup. And this was just pe- these. I just had access to people who were not comedy fans. Yeah, they were people that don't hit up the comedy p- places often that had never heard of Jay Davis. So sure. um, they were seeing this for the first time. They're like, we have heard of these people. We mm-hmm. maybe we should come or whatever. Or maybe they just watch comedy on TV. But they're not people that ever go. Like when I did the Laugh Factory, I, I had produced a show at the Laugh Factory. Most of the people that came were like housewives and. Um, single moms that just because I went through like a feminist group to to bring them all in and so they had never been to the Laugh Factory before and a lot of them have lived here for like over five years that's crazy so it was so nice you know Jamie Masada and everyone was like so impressed they were like so nice because we never these people have never been here yeah Um, so it's just it's kind of finding other avenues to get people to come in to be honest with you yeah with Jay Davis it was easy for me because his lineups were crazy I never did like actual bringers where it was like shit where everyone's up there is a bringer yeah which is a different show. Yeah, Which no, you a, lived, you grew up here, so that's how you. That's a, that's. But I've it. also done a lot of jobs so here. I've been here thirteen years, so I know part, a lot of people. Part of the bringer dilemma is that you you 
get the 10 people in to do your 10 minutes and your new comic. And then the next time you go on, you need another 10 people for 10 minutes. And a lot of people are like, they come back the second time. They're like, wait, it's the same fucking material. Aren't, isn't it supposed to be a brand new 10 yeah. minutes? Yeah. Why are you That's repeating so jokes? hard. With my people, with my people, it's like, okay, so since I had like that part of my life where I was literally just wandering around, like I literally was, I'd be wasted for like three days sometimes. Just be up though. Were you like yeah. a blackout guy? The type of guy uh, who no, like. No, not blacked out because cocaine helps to use stay awake. <laughs> so, and figure, like, I was just, but I was always a nice guy too. And I was like, oh, hey, you want to share this cocaine? You were, you were one of those rare nice guys on cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I always say that Molly makes you love everyone and cocaine makes you love just yourself. But, uh, ah, yeah. I like that. Have you said that on but, uh, stage? No, but I no because I this is the most open I've been about drug use. Is it but, really? Yeah, why why do you feel yeah, why do you feel I, embarrassed I, by it? I don't, I don't know because because my mom but she's figured it. But out. it makes you really it makes you really it, it's an interesting thing you know I think that's what makes people interesting is the fact that they did drugs make people interesting. Well, the fact that they had something that they went through when they were a point in their life yeah, where yeah, they're yeah. like this is my this is my solution to yeah. fucking the grind of life. Yeah, no, I uh, no, but the thing is like that's, that the funny thing is about all that partying time. I met so many people, and those people come to shows now. Yeah, they're just like because they were rooting for me because they're like we always thought you were a nice guy. We just thought you were kind of like just drifting around. So they kind of, they're so they they'll come to shows and they'll hear the same material just because they're rooting for me. Yeah. yeah. So that that, that the bring there's people that use there's people that come every week. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to hear this fucking Siri joke that I do with my mom. <laughs> was, they're, like, they're like, we're okay. We we're love okay. it. We'll, we'll watch the other people. We just love it. It's like our favorite song. We just. Hear it again and again. I was like, really? Because I'm tired of that joke. Yeah. But they'll, but you know, it's it's because people were rooting for me because I've always been like a nice person. I just, yeah. I just really like to party. Did you have a moment? Like, if you didn't go through <laughs> that beginning part and meet all of those people, then it wouldn't be working out yeah, now honestly, as well as honestly, it is. Honestly, the person that messaged Jay Davis is a promoter in Hollywood, who who was who was at my sh- who came to my show and promoters like even helped me bring people. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes they use my show as a pregame to when they go to clubs. Got it. I yeah. I would have done that had I not been a degenerate. So yeah. <laughs> Did you ever have a moment in in your twenties where you were like, "Holy sh!" Like a really like, I almost died type of drug moment. Uh. Yeah. You. I got. I. I had one where I did both weekends at Coachella. It was my first Coachella, and the third day of the second weekend. My my hands were vibrating because I forgot to eat food that weekend and I was shaking, and I was like, "Okay, I have to hit the." I was like, "I either have to make it to a porter potty and hit the reset button, which is gag myself, throw up, or this is the end. This is the end." I'm because I'm sitting down and I'm like, I feel I it's it's the first time I remember seeing music. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like seeing music. I'm just sitting there, and this the weirdest girl comes and sits next to me. She's like. Are you okay? <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just enjoying the music. And she's like, you're gonna be okay. Do you want some water? I was like, I have water. Leave me alone. And she was just like, kept talking to me. And I was like, I was like, I don't want to die with this girl. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, I don't want to die with this girl. I was like, hey, I'm. I was like, can you help me to the restroom? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, what's your name? I was like, we're not gonna. Be yeah, friends. no names. I was like, we're not gonna be friends. I'm just like, I just like. Like shake my way to the bathroom, and I hit the, re- I throw up everything, then I was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I, I've had multiple moments like that where I, 
I've I've been I've I've had multiple moments where I just like, you know I'm known as a party guy but like but you're clean now right yeah, no no I just I just drink a lot but that's it okay yeah I, I quit cold turkey it wasn't like oh hey I have a problem it was just like hey so you've never done the program I feel like there are a lot of comics who've been a part of the program no no no, no, no. That's, that's that's I mean for, some people have uh, addictions I I and I do clearly but I, I it's bad <laughs> I call it controlled fire I call it controlled oh, fire oh nice I just keep it drinking that's it I just decided that comedy if it wasn't for comedy, I probably would still do drugs. But I decided, like, hey, you know what? Well, yeah. Like, this is this is this is way more fun, and it was fuck. It was messing up my delivery, a lot. Oh, for to, sure. To do, yeah. So then after that, I became a way better comic after I stopped doing drugs. Yeah, that makes I can't sense. even have like not a single drink before a set. Oh, I don't. I go up sober. Yeah, I'm so sober. I won't even take like Midol, which has caffeine in it. <laughs> I really? Taking, you I won't even do, do caffeine. I do do caffeine, but like it has to be the type of caffeine I'm used to. So I okay. never do more than like two cups a day. So yeah. like if I I could do like my second cup an hour before my set. Yeah. So, but that's it. But like yeah. I don't, I won't be doing. Like if I've already had two cups, I don't have a third. But Midol, have you? Midol makes you like you feel like you're t- you've taken Adderall. Really? Yeah, it's great. It has caffeine in it. It's great. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have a is it interesting? Is that that limitless drug, Midol? Yeah. No, I think Adderall is the limitless Adder- drug. Definitely- Adderall uh, is the, the most amazing drug on earth. Yeah. It kind. Yeah, it kind. It is kind of like the breakfast of champions. If you're, if you have a prescription from a doctor. Yes. If you're doing it legal. Faisal. Faisal. Not I'll snorting it. Taking it as recommended. <laughs> something. I have something. I just self-diagnosed because of the healthcare system. So, Lori, have you tried Adderall? Yeah, let's, let's go on. Yeah. Now here we have Lori I on, Douglas. I was on Adderall when I was like six. Oh, really? Six yeah. years old? I was, I was a, grew up a Christian scientist in, in oh Texas. Oh, my Hello. God. But the worst ones. You're sitting here talking to on, the Arabs and you had a Christian scientist. Know, <laughs> <laughs> scientist in the I middle. find Christian science... <laughs> fascinating and like i we but i was so hyper that my mom was like prayers aren't gonna work for her <laughs> oh no so they went they got me on medicine you need to talk about this on well, wait 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 hold on wait hold on everyone time out so for people who don't know my understanding of christian christian science is they're like no yeah, doctors no prescription drugs no i wasn't we, vaccinated as a child like yeah I came but out, the, how did no, you get adderall my mom was like she was just like she was like, we're, we ha- like have to do something about this. And you were six years old. Six. What I were you doing was that was so crazy at six? Like, I, know, I would bring toys to like, like, so, but I think though too, because since I was a Christian science kid, yeah. like in, in, in Texas, like they're very religiously segregated. Yes. And so like they're like, it was Catholics and Baptists, like Baptists think that they're the only Christians, essentially, yeah. in Texas. Sure. So, like, Where in a Texas? Lot of, Dallas. Dallas, okay. Yeah. So, like, a lot of, um, when I was going into preschool, people were like, oh, you're a Christian scientist. But how would they know? You, Why was that? Because basically, in, in the South, a lot of, like, the preschools are with the church. Okay. And so you go to different churches. So, like, the Methodists were the only ones that would take me, <laughs> take me in. But, like, I was doing all this weird shit there. So they're like, what the fuck is up with this Christian science girl? What is weird shit? Like, you like, would finger pray backwards? No, like, like my mom My mom said she came to visit me at recess, and all the kids were playing. Uh-huh. And she said that I was just, like, running laps around <laughs> the playground, just running the laps. So you just had, like... You had and like, like bring li- toys like I would bring I would sneak toys in like there was this one toy where it was a cat and you would open it up and there was babies inside uh-huh. so like you'd have to do like the walking down the hallway really quiet and I'd have like my toy because like no kids would play with me because I was so hyper <laughs> and we were like walking through and they're like praying in the other room and oh. I was like holy because I would like 
what my mom what didn't watch me very well so like i'd watch things from movies and repeat stuff yeah 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 and so i was like it's going into labor and i like <laughs> had this whole thing and they're like your daughter won't stop yeah and like i told people i'd kill them myself if they wouldn't let me play were you an only ways. child no no you how had... many siblings do you have just one older sister an older do you sister. guys get and... along yeah we get along but not at the time she used to play orphanage with me we're gonna play orphan orphanage no one loves you <laughs> your parents all died and i was like this is so fun so what's like you said, like we're gonna play orphanage. Like that's something everybody. Does. Come on, everyone knows orphanage, right? I my sister, oh, yeah. I told her, I was like, I realized so that, that you like did that with me. She's like, it made you stronger. That is hilarious. So what is the what is the game of orphanage? Yeah, yeah it's, it's basically, it was an orphanage. So like, I, she was like the leader of the orphanage, and oh, so I was one of the children. Oh my god. With no parents. And which and she would just yell at you and discipline yeah. you, tell you no. Well, she'd be like, no one loves you. And I was like, oh How my many god. times did you have to sing a hard knock life? <laughs> so many times. Oh, that's I did all the chores. I have a question though. Did did you ever end up getting vaccinated? No. All right, can someone no. just seats with me real quick? <laughs> I ended up. Hang on, I oh. think I got. Uh, I did get the HPV shot. Oh, well, that's oh the only so one you don't have that shot? <laughs> at, like at least one of the strands. There's a million strands of HPV. Would yeah. you vaccinate your kids? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's let's hear about so Christian Science. You're Christian Science, and so, did you know anything about Christian yeah, Science so while like you, you were a Christian Scientist? So you just you don't take medicine. Yeah. You don't believe they don't believe in like a heaven or hell. They, they like, don't. Essentially, they don't. They're not. What happens when you die? It's it's all kind of like a state of mind, mm -hmm. ish. I mean, not too. They the Jewish religion do. believes that too. By the way, they don't believe yeah, in heaven. And they're hell not thinking that there's. They don't believe in like the devil or anything like that. Yeah. There was a thing called error, but I think it was like. I think it was basically kind of like devilish thoughts and things like that. Mm. Error. Error. That was what it was. Error. Called. Yeah. Oh wow, it's very like scientific error. Yeah. You are no, an but, error. No, I always laugh because I'm like, it's Christian scientists, but like they don't believe in science, like in a lot of aspects. Yeah, of, of course. It. But I feel like that was. I feel like Christian science was almost like a fad in like the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I don't really even know. Yeah, could have been. Was so, Kelsey Grammer's parents Christian scientists? Since we were talking about why are you pointing at me like because I know. you interviewed him. That's I wasn't asking. I was asking him about <laughs> storks. I wasn't asking him about <laughs> about his upbringing. I actually wrote a like a book report on his autobiography because I was on a, Kelsey Grammer's. So his, his life is fascinating. Wait, I actually think that I just remembered why I said that. Yeah, his parents. What a were, weird subject. Yeah, his life Luther is King. fascinating. No, no, because in seventh grade, I <laughs> yeah, wrote not all Martin Luther King, Kelsey I, I Grammer. Si I did Seinfeld. I did Michael J. Fox. <laughs> the guy from Cheers. The guy from Cheers. That's it. Sorry, keep going. That's so fun. So you you get the Adderall at age six. Yeah. Okay. But I think at that time I was taking Ridlin. Oh, Ridlin. Ridlin. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Oh, I think a lot of kids and, were taking okay. Ridlin and you were that on I grew up for, with. You were on all through elementary school and just all high school. All through elementary school, I would chew it a lot and spit it out. I mean, like there was a lot of times where I wouldn't. <laughs> like I, I was doing all the things. Yeah. And then college, I was taking it a bit. And then I realized in college, like people snorted it, and it was better than cocaine. And then I was like, yes. oh, yes. Huh. And then I stopped taking it because I was like, I don't want to be on something. Yeah. Like well, that, that must have been really crazy to stop after all those years. Yeah. Did your, everything in your brain change? A little bit. But I think at the same time, I think I was on it for so long that I feel like my – I don't even know. I feel like they say that like the connections, the more that you're on it, your brain just starts to make those when you actually need it. Yeah. Versus like someone who's just 
taken on the weekends. So it wasn't like flowers for Algernon, like you quit and all of a sudden you're like, Ugh. Yeah. I mean, but if you've re- heard me read, then you'd be like, okay. Hmm. Why do you have dyslexia? Or? Yeah, total dyslexia. Oh, wow. So yeah. what do you go to college for? I did advertising electronic media. It's so like journalism and all the good Advertising stuff. electronic media. That's how I know that you're much younger than me because I don't think electronic media existed as a major <laughs> when I was going to college. So uh, did you finish college too? Yeah, finished college. And then I always wanted to act and do all that stuff. But then when my mom got remarried, my stepdad, he is professor – and all this kind of stuff. And so he was like, no, you're not going to move to And you're like, LA. you're not my dad. And I know. I was like, you're not my dad. And he's like, I'll pay for your college. You just go. Dad. Yeah. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll have a So while you were in college and you were doing that, were you still a Christian scientist? Oh, no. We stopped. My dad got sick with cancer. And so then. Oh, uh, here, another dad with cancer another, story. Another wow. What a cancer. great podcast. Way to try to really upstage I know. Me. I really, mine died. So <laughs> I'm Who really brought upstage. you yeah, here? Yeah. He died. So yeah. I, I went. Your dad Sorry, came I'm back. That's so hacky. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, my my dad is in the hospital right now, but he didn't have cancer. So what is in the hospital with? Um, dying. No, but uh, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. Sorry, I only had a room full of cops with the people left. But not, yeah, but no, yeah, but your dad, your dad left you, didn't he? He did. Fuck but, him. Yeah, that's what, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I say that. My mom says you still need to go visit him. You have to. <laughs> no, I. I, I, I Where is your dad right now? Down the street from my house. They conveniently put him down the street from my house. And you haven't seen him in the hospital no, I, yet? I have. I've, I've not been there. I've been there. I swear to God. I've I feel like there. an older brother to you. Right, you, you are like an older brother. <laughs> and Crystal's like a younger sister that's somehow older. <laughs> yeah, I'm older. So, uh, all right. So Great. back to Lori and her story. Well, see, that's, so how did you how did you escape the cult of Christian science? Was there a moment like, Ooh, hey, question, guys, family, family meeting. Uh, family we're no longer Christian scientists. We're now atheists well, we were clearly not very good because i mean i was on medicine and then i think once <laughs> i got on medicine then like the whole trickle down effect the advil came in yeah 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 and people are like whoa drugs so you are ruined great. christian science for your family completely, essentially completely he was so and ADD. Then, they had to change religions. Yeah, <laughs> I, did. I made them change religions. This is a 100%. whole joke that we just helped you come up yes. with. Yes. Oh, I've been working on this one for a while. Yeah. Oh, excuse but, me. But, and your parents but were together. I listened back and I got tags. And your 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 parents are were together or are together? No. And then they, they split were. up. They split. Uh, they he died. Okay. Dad your dad died. died? I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, when? How old were you? I was 11 when he died. Okay. So he, but at that time, fucking move and, on. And they were like, and they were like, we're going to Christian Scientist this motherfucker well, her no, cure him. Can't really show up to a Christian Science church bald from chemo. Yeah. So okay. it was like kind of like this whole, whole thing, and then we just never went back. Went back. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah. Were your parents like? born into like like were they oh yeah they were born into it so like there wasn't like but they were like the mother load like my parents met at a christian science camp and they were counselors my dad was like a legend there they have like they have a trail like i'm i'm a queen in the christian science community not really though not after this (laughs) not after this podcast so so a lot of people i know who are in i don't know if i would consider christian scientists a cult but like in some religions like it's hard to escape. You have a lot of community coming after you to try to pull you back in. Did that happen to you? No. Cause, no. Because they're not – I mean, it doesn't – I don't necessarily feel like it's kind of – They don't seem very aggressive. Like, no. Like Scientologists would be where they're like – No. Well, like, it kind of depends. I mean, if you talk to any sort of like – I feel like a really like a, a Bible beater Christian would say like any religion that 
has a, another Bible on top of it is considered that. Yeah. And they're, I don't know. I think maybe I'm so separated from it that I, I can't imagine it being a cult. I can't think Y'all got two Bibles? Way. Yeah, we got two Bibles. Y'all got two Bibles. We got the Christian Wait. Science Reading Bible, too. Oh, there's, and there's a reading room. What's the Someone difference? Someone told me they were like, Christian Science Read a lot, because there's Muslims, like, that's like their thing. It's Muslims like have two Bibles, reading. too, because we, oh, really? we burn one, and then we read the Quran. <laughs> so. That's hilarious. So uh, there was a magazine, Christian Science Monitor, which was big for a while, and it would like review movies and like theater and shit. Really? Yeah. Do you remember the Christian Science Monitor? Is that no. still out? Moving on. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, okay, so you're in college. So what got you into stand-up? Uh, I always wanted to do it. And then when I moved out here, uh, I couldn't get an audition to save my life. But somehow I got on Michael Q's show. Like somehow I got on a Michael Q show at the uh, comedy store. Like but in you, the main room back in the I – don't, I don't know if I saw it on like Actors Access. Yeah, he posts like on that. LA Casting. Like, I don't know what – but I was home visiting my mom. And I got an email that was like – bring this many but I was like you know what fuck it I'm gonna do it oh wow and so then, they advertise for bringer shows yeah comedy show I didn't know that okay. yeah on LA casting yeah I didn't know that yeah and so I went with some friends how long did you work on your material before uh, you like I think like a, a day before <laughs> like and that was before I knew like I didn't understand the art of yeah so it's less it. but it's less pressure but was, when yeah. you don't understand the but art but I but I've been watching stand-up since I was young young yeah and had like yeah, since I was on, and listen, I was on Adderall, so I was like, <laughs> really absorbing. She was hyper-focused. <laughs> really absorbing. But it was fun, and I, like, had so much fun, and then I had someone come up to me afterwards. She was like, you on, like, cocaine, right? And I was like, no. Whoa. Yeah, wow. But, um, yeah, and then I did it for a bit, and then, like, I bought, I think, like, for, like, a six, seven months, I did great, and then I bought, like, Let's hear your, a bag of dicks let's at the hear, improv. Let, let's like hear about this that. story. I, I want to hear. I did a Jay Davis. I did a, I did a show with Cold Jay. Open? No. no. I didn't have, actually, I was like sandwiched between David Spade and uh, Chris D'Elia. That sounds like a threesome that's happened before. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and I was just. Inappropriate. So, and I used to, I used to drink Paul's before three, I got on set, like on stage. Like I didn't give a shit. Yeah. I was and you just were like, ready and you to were, go. you were killing. So it was fine. Yeah. And I was like having fun, like, but who knows what the hell. And then I did what God does. He humbles I, us. I did the improv and it was like, I remember I got off and someone was like, you know, this is like industry night. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> like, what is industry night? And he was like, what industry? why would you go up on industry? Like they, they you want to bo- you want to blitz like shit the comics and then yeah, after you're that, a beautiful woman who has a spot a in a jay minute. davis show so they were like fuck this bitch you know what i mean yeah you're, you're, and it wasn't now when i listen back i mean it wasn't like oh so you recorded the set oh yeah have you posted on youtube no you gotta do it no because i also was trying out <laughs> some new stuff too which i like would never say some of the stuff that i said then now what would you remember give me give me I examples will never I will oh come never on just say it. it's just us i'm glad that i have just like over no no was it offensive or was this not funny uh I think how many black jokes did you do that night <laughs> none 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 but i did some jokes ish if you could even i mean yeah so you stopped for a hot minute what's a hot minute because you have add so that could be like literally that was like, like a hot i minute. stopped for probably like six months and then i would do the whole thing where you would like i go on like a three-month stint of like doing a lot of shows and doing mics yeah and then i wouldn't get up at all and then i learned that you have to like go up almost every single night. Yeah. And be doing even if you don't have shows, you need to be doing open mics, you need to be like 
doing all of that. Did you have someone who sort of mentored you along in the process or someone that you looked up to that sort of showed you the ropes? Um, not, not so much. I feel like I would hang out with different comics. Like, Hanging out with you, I feel like was great. I've oh, like I've loved hanging out with you and like Thank chatting you. and like we'll have times like I'll I think I've gone through moments where I've been kind of like a little wishy washy with shit. Like I just get sick of bullshit. Yeah. And I've, I've talked to you about it before, and you're just like keep going. snap out of get it. The fuck out <laughs> of it. Well, the first time I met her, I was like I watched her set. We were both opening for a Meta Med, and she was like, "Yeah, I kind of took off for how long did you take off?" Like a year? Not even a year, probably six months. Is probably and I think you said it was because of the yeah. improv. And so I watched her set and I thought she was great. And I was like, you're a dumb bitch. You need to keep doing comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, yeah, but blah, blah, blah. And I go, fuck everyone. Keep doing comedy. You should keep doing comedy. And I feel like ever since then, you've been going really strong. Yeah. Not to give myself credit for your entire <laughs> career. But um, no, I, I think... Sometimes you just need a little bit of support, even if it's of from course. from a stranger, to kind of just keep going. And um, you need that good set, whether it be you need to go outside of L.A. to get it, get mm -hmm. it. Um, but I think that, like, you know, I'm so grateful to Ahmed Ahmed because I came up with so much. He was the first person to take me on the road with him. And he's great at, like, giving spots. to. You ask him, he'll give you a spot. Sure. He's great. As long as you show gratitude, he's very much about, like, helping comics um so it's nice that he put you i'm glad i met you through him yeah um so that was a fun night for us so what were the what were the voices either real or imagined in your head that kind of stopped you during those six months i don't even know i think i think for me too a big thing was that when i was starting out there wasn't a lot of females at open mics and there's like a community that you meet there when you're first kind of going in the open through. mics i think well, i so talked to vanessa bit. johnston about that in hope yeah. mics and she told me horrific stories yeah. and i love i love vanessa vanessa's awesome she's great. Vanessa's also someone too that like she's a hard-ass worker and she's yeah. like I, I hang out with her and it's like she's kind of shown me that whole yeah. side of it too and, and she's talked about she'd go on open mics and literally guys would be like look you're too pretty we don't want you up here yeah like these flannel shirt bearded motherfuckers where do people say that Apparently See, at these open okay, mics. I remember, okay, this, I hadn't had I've happened. never had any of this shit happen that Vanessa says. because you, you started your first show at the Laugh Factory. Yeah, no, I still didn't. Really I did a hundred fucking mics before yeah. I got did any really? sets. Yes. Yeah. Don't get so mad at me. Jeez, get mad at Don't Faisal. act like I just started yeah, some. That. I went and put in the work, and then that motherfucker, Look, Jay, there's... he gave me two shows at the parlor. He said, if you kill at the parlor, I'll give you the cold open. I fucking killed at the parlor both the shows, and that motherfucker gave me the cold open. Okay, so by the way. So don't come at me like I didn't oh, do no mics. Shit. By the way, uh, have you, Crystal? Do you have a do you have a crazy bomb story, or are you one of these like? No, I, I told already told you guys. Oh, a bomb, bomb, oh, bomb. We're just looking like. Bleh. Yeah, ate a dick. I told you guys that this. At the best part about it was this. First of all, it was the comedy store belly room. I forgot who it was that was. Oh, it was Josh Adam Myers. I was like, please don't leave. I want you to. I want you to watch my set. You're gonna want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> like I was some hot shit, mind you. I had just destroyed for the first time that week. Yeah. So and this was a lineup that I was on, like with like Chris D'Elia and like all these huge comics, and everyone was coming up to me after the set, like, oh my god, you're gonna be a huge star. There's no one like you, and yeah. blah blah blah, all this bullshit. And then I go and I was so overly confident. I thought that I was like, I don't know who the fuck I thought I was. And I bombed so bad. The only thing I got laughs out of was when I said, wow, this is going well. <laughs> and that was it. And was it, do you think that you bombed because your energy when you got on was just, people were just like, fuck her for being confident? I just started with like a really 
dark joke that was new that I had never done before. I just broke all the rules. All the rules were don't start with a new joke. Mm -hmm. Don't, um, what else did I do wrong? Uh, I don't know. But every rule that I had ever learned, like Jody Miller mentors me, Uh anything she's ever told me not to do, I think I did. Yeah. (laughs) So it was just crazy. The joke was like something like, something about my mother-in-law being, my future mother-in-law being really old. It was the stupidest joke. I don't remember how it was crafted because I never did it again. (laughs) But something along the lines of her being really old, uh, we're putting in all this time, you know, with her now or something like that. But then I was like, pretty much the, the button was, She's old, which is great because it'll mean I don't have to have a mother-in-law for very long. So pretty much that I was excited that she'd be dying. Which, by the way, we, we just kind of laughed at that. I yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So it the entire audience, it was a bringer show. It was Martin Harris's show. Uh-huh. But he'll book non-bringer comics as well. Yeah. Um, so it was all these like older audience members who are probably mother-in-laws. Yes. So they were like, <laughs> fucking dumb bitch. <laughs> Mind you, I also, I forgot which comic was on before me. I was like, isn't he a stud? And he was not a stud. And so they were like, we talking about the same person <laughs> so just nothing connected and yeah. at the time my material was a lot darker i i was not incorporating crowd work yet now if i feel the audience is not on board with me i just do a little bit of crowd work yeah. and then i get them on board sure. um but back then i just didn't have the guts to do it and people were like you shouldn't do crowd work until you're like six years in and then i kind of threw I, that out the window i, after I always I get so annoyed at the rules that people say about comedy. some of like, them are some of them like the the rule of like you shouldn't start with a new joke. I agree with that, unless you're feeding, unless you're feeding off of, unless you're feeding off of something that's happening in the room, like or what the comic said before you. Then that's different. Yeah. Because then it feels very authentic and new and like crowd work. So it's gonna hit easier. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, she's listening. Um, but I won't start with a new joke anymore. Yeah. Especially not a dark new joke. Because then it's like, I lost them. There was nothing I could have done. It felt like I was drowning. <laughs> and they were just laughing at me like, no, we're not going to help you. You know? So it's hard. And did, did that knock you off your game? Did you feel like, uh, maybe... Just for I, one week. But just then, for one week. I, again, I was lucky to have Jody. She was like, you need to get back up immediately. She said the same thing you told Lori, basically. Yeah. Like, she's like, you need to get back up and just get up. And she's someone that's always really believed in me. And she's like, you cannot let this fuck you up but it just was so hard and then i did potluck and uh-huh. i got heckled at potluck potluck how that happened well i went second which is the worst spot um i was supposed to go third but the girl who was going second didn't show up hmm. so i was already nervous i was shitting bricks okay so potluck is a show at the comedy store every monday Right. And what's yeah. the story for, for potluck? Just so you want to get if you want to get past the store, you kind of have to work your way up. So you do potluck a bunch. And if you do well, they'll keep pushing your slot down so that eventually the booker can can watch your set. Yeah. And then eventually you get uh, development spots and then eventually you get to showcase and get past. So it's a long process. Um, but I was all about that life. And I was like, I'm going to keep going. And finally, I got I was there like 16 times in a row and I finally got put up on potluck um and i was third which is a shit spot because there's no one there yet yeah um you get three minutes and i went up and i thought for going second i had a great set um but my last joke 
there was a comic in the back clapping through my punchline. Why? He just, you know, men do not like women coming so in. So you just do it to fuck with you. Yeah, I was getting spots through Jay Davis. So at, there was a point <sighs> that people were fucking with me. Not to my face, but like tweeting me weird shit or like, because it's, pe there are some bitter motherfuckers. Yes. But none of them will do it to your face. It's very much like, you know. Yeah. So I just had my brother come when my brother was in town, kind of to go up to this comic and say, um, if you fuck with my sister again, you know. I fucking love that. The, that is your brother a scary guy? Yeah, he's a bad motherfucker. He's a rocket. We don't fuck around. No, I mean, yeah. he's like this beautiful, tall, big, buff man. No one's yeah. going to fuck with me. And so he, he specifically came to tell this guy. I did not Can you tell name him. the comic? No, I will never name Can the comic. Can you say words because that rhyme with his name? Because he apologized, so I forgive him for it. You know what I mean? He apologized. I also had other big comics go up to him and say to him, like, why the why fuck would, would you, you do, do that? that? Yeah. Um, first of all, this is what I have to say about people who have a problem with other people getting spots. What do you want them to say? No, I'm not going to take this spot because yeah. it makes you uncomfortable. Or you know what? It's unfair that you're not getting the spot. Yeah. But if I'm bringing more to the fucking table yeah and i'm going out of my way to say hey book me and i'll do this for you why would the fuck would they not book me you know what of i mean course. i mean mind you i can't bring that many people now for jay but like and it's different i don't have to do that anymore but like um it's just people gotta calm down it's always the people who are so bitter and worried about what everyone else is doing they're the ones that are never going to make it because that's where their energy is is on everyone else instead of you know, manifesting stuff for themselves. Yeah, of course. You know, when you're constantly like, this person's getting that and that that's what's going to keep happening Yeah, is all these people are going to get that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, sure. you know, I may be Hear new to stand up, but, but I feel like what I've done in the yeah. past has prepared me for it. Does that make so, sense? Yeah, of course. And when that happened, that guy uh, clapped through your punchline, did you get off stage and say something to her or you were just I like... I didn't know. I thought he liked the joke. Ah. And then a few comics came up to me and they're like, no, he was shitting on you. He kept yelling for them to give you the light. And everyone was like, because people like me. I'm not like someone that everyone's like, yeah, yeah let's course. fuck with her. Yeah, yeah. So everyone was like, what the fuck is he doing? No one was on board for it. And I yeah. think he thought people would be on board for it. Like, fuck this big titty hoe or whatever <laughs> was going through his mind. Because I dress up on stage and most comics don't do that. But I'm never going to not. Sure. That's who the fuck I am. I'm here right now. Yeah. Full face of makeup, hair done. I'm just not a, you know. Sloppy person. You're not going to show up slumming it. Yeah, of course. So, I so you have experienced the stuff that Vanessa was talking about to a degree in a different. In a different that was you the say only people, thing. You say people tweet at you, though. They say shit like. One time I got a tweet. It was like a, I don't remember what it was, but it was just, and I think that's what kind of prompted him thinking he could mess with me. Um, but it was like a fake anonymous account. It wasn't like. Yeah, it wasn't like a comic saying whatever. Yeah. It's just no no one successful is going to pick on someone. Of course. It's just not – I don't see like Chris D'Elia calling out, you know, open mic comics being like, you're trash. Could yeah, you imagine yeah, if he did that? Yeah, yeah, No, he's busy selling out tours across, uh, you know, all over the world. Yeah. So it's just it's, – it's unfortunate. I feel like it's gotten better for women because we've kind of actually authentically band together now. Yeah, versus... I want to talk to you about that because someone did uh... – another female comic talked about after me too, she felt one of the biggest differences for her as a comic was that women who had been previously been sort of catty with her and competitive Ooh, yeah. sort of banded together. Like they had, not like they had a common enemy now, but they at least were galvanized by this 
common idea of, of what it meant to be a, a female in the business. So did you feel that too? Did it, I mean, you've only been, you've been doing it for how long now? Two years. Two but years. when I started, I felt women were very catty. I yeah. had one woman in particular go out of her way to fuck with me. And, um, not like crazy, just like dirty looks. And then at one point I just went up to her and I was like, what, what's your fucking problem? Yeah. Then all of a sudden she was a lot nicer, but that's just a telltale sign of a bully. Of They'll course. pick on you if they think they can get away with it. But the second you thug out on them, they have nothing to fucking say. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So after that she stopped, but she, um, is someone that recognized later on that she did used to mess with women cause she thought there was only one spot for women available. Of course. Um, yeah. So she thought she had to be the only one. Yeah. Um, and I think she kind of regrets some of the way she treated some women. There are a lot of women that mistreat women also. Sure. Obviously, there's more men that do it. And I feel like women are just trying. We're, we're, we're raised to think like men. So now it's shifting and mm -hmm. we're, we're learning that that's not what it should be. I'm sure that there's been times in my past where I didn't realize I was being shitty to someone because that's just how the fuck I was conditioned, you yeah. know? Um, but now I think women are recognizing and they're rethinking things um, before they do it to make sure is this how I should be treating someone? Yeah. Uh, am I passing too much judgment? Um, things of that nature. So I, I, now I'm very much like, how can I help a woman? How can I help support her? And trying to do it to the point where it's like, let's raise each other up and yeah um things like that but if i see women still being shitty i show them zero love yeah so i love that idea did that answer your question it, it did i also want to talk to you about the fact that uh you, so you were doing sports a lot so you you've been around the kind of bro yeah and the dude mentality so getting into comedy going into that world probably wasn't that much different for you for no i mean out. also i'm a very alpha i'm yeah. alpha female um, I'm Middle Eastern, so I've always dealt with men fucking with women. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I got lucky because I knew a lot of men in comedy because of the red carpets I did. Got it. So I knew Brian Callen. I'd interviewed him. Um, I knew Jamie Kennedy. I knew a lot of comics prior. So they all kind of like had my back in a sense. Yeah. When I started, um, not had my back, but like said nice things about me. Yeah. Um, so that kind of helps people not come at me a certain way, if that makes sense. Sure. Of course. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So you had like big brothers on the scene looking after you. Yeah. Also, like I know other people who are friends with big people who would be like, make sure she's okay. And, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So how about you, Lori? What was your experience with like coming into all of a sudden a very male dominated scene with something you were comfortable with? Because you were also like a sports fan, too. Which... Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable around. You're from Texas. Yeah, I'm but I do get just. Women are treated like started, second head class citizens like there, too, aren't they? Intimidating <laughs> a little bit to an extent. Intimidating? To a bit. Like being the only chick in certain instances but the thing is for me like i think my first few years when i would do like mics and things like that i felt the different energy because there wasn't a ton of women in it now you go and you do mics and it's there's a good amount of women and there's do you think that shift happened because of the me too movement do you think more women are like hey i want to speak my voice and get up yeah, there i and... just think that more women are have gotten into it or at least are i don't know yeah, now women are like all these castings are for funny women. Yeah. yeah, it's women in comedy. Women 
funny women sell. Like it works. Yeah. Look at the box office. Yeah. You know what I mean? Girls Trip, Bridesmaids. They're all these movies are freaking killing it. They're they're like the highest grossing movies of that, you know, whatever. Yeah. And but I don't think that's so it. different now than it was because Meg Ryan was a huge I mean, there were lots of Yeah, huge but it was big. like one movie in a, a thousand. It was like an exception now it's like multiple you'll see multiple movies they're top with leading women. women. Yeah. Even the so, factory is actively looking for more women. Like, yeah. Even Jay, yeah. Dav- even Jay Davis is like looking for more women when he books the shows. Like he's, he's told me that. He's, he's asked me, like, do you know any female comics that you think would be? I good? feel like he knows a lot. He doesn't book, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's. Well, movie. I know that has been. He a knows compl- plenty. Honey. That has been a complaint against Laugh Factory. They don't book enough women. I mean, no, they say, yeah. definitely don't. Well, you so. Look at, you can look at this. I mean, uh, Jade Catapretta put on that pan- puts on the pants show because she she I just like. What is the Pants Show? Oh, the Pants Show is uh, a show that uh, Jade Catapretta puts on uh, at the comedy store, I think in the belly room usually, and it's it's all female lineup. I remember the first time she was doing it, and she was like, "Hey, I'm I'm hosting." Uh, I just was having a conversation with her at the store. She's like, oh, "I'm hosting my show. It's called Pants, and it's all female lineup." And I was like, "Oh, that's." I was like, "I love that idea," because like in college, I actually tutored philosophy of feminism because I was a philosophy major. And, she, and I was like, I love that idea. I was like, I, I'll go. My, I was like, my girlfriend at the time, and I was like, we'll both be there 100%. And she's like, yeah, I have to do it. She's like, and she walked me to the set list. And she's like, look, I'm the only female on this lineup today. What? And I was like, no, this is like an aberration. And then like Instagram, we looked at it together. Where's the set? Sorry again. At the store. Okay. At the store. And I feel like the store is great at putting women up. I don't know look why. That, but look at the like original room lineup. And they, they are, they, I mean, they are, to be fair. There are, there are more men doing comedy than women, and that says like there's a bigger pool of men compared to a bigger pool of women. So that's part of it, but there is a problem. There is there's 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 no reason. Like I, I remember last week, uh, Sherry Shepard had to pull out of my show for like I think she got the flu or something, and we didn't have a woman. And then the week before we didn't have a woman. I mean I you know I host the show every Friday. Yeah, I I honestly. Can't remember. I think the last woman we had was Tiffany Haddish last month. Yeah, and so I can't remember. Like I, I like I like jokingly texted one of the bookers. I was like, I was like, oh, another week, no women, huh? She's like, we love women, we just can't get them. I was like, no, they could get them. Hey, that's that's well. There's also, I mean, there's they also- just only want the really famous women, which is stupid. Yeah, of course. Well, you know what I mean. That's stupid because they put men up. But it, it, I get that. But they put men up that are not very famous. Mm-hmm. So put women up that aren't. Don't you that's that would make sense that argument if they did not put up men who were not famous, but they do. But there's also the argument there's a lot of great male comics who don't have enough quote unquote credits who don't get to do some of the, the top line shows of the Laugh Factory because they're not on a you know. So it, I think that argument both works for both you know, both sexes a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but no, uh, Jade's doing a good doing her part. <laughs> I wanna ask you guys, what did you what do you feel about what happened recently with Louis C.K. too? Do you feel, I mean, because there's, I'm sure two sides, there's, you're a woman and also you're a comic. And I feel that those sides kind of must be at odds a little bit regarding that. What So for people who don't know, uh, there was a leaked audio of Louis C.K. doing material, which I found kind of, kind of funny. Sorry. Um, and it became this sort of zeitgeisty Twitter thing where, where people were like, you should not be allowed a, to do this material and also to get on stage. Like a lot of women and some female comics really feel strongly that he shouldn't be allowed to perform and that he's creating a safe, an unsafe environment for female comics. I don't know 
Would you guys have opinions about that? Is it something that you think about? or? I mean, you know? I think... Um, Why would you laugh at that? That's a solid question, no, Tommy. No, a good question. It's just... Like, obviously, they have opinions, though. <laughs> well, some people are like, I don't give a fuck, whatever. And some people are like, fuck that guy. So I'm yeah, just curious. I think... Um... I will say what, where this came out of, by the way. There is a comic who works at the Laugh Factory a lot. I'm not going to name his name. Who, uh, because he works at the Laugh Factory, there are certain female comics who will not perform. So well-known female comics who will not perform at the Laugh Factory because this comic works yeah, at the Laugh I've heard, Factory. I've heard about that. I've heard people. And uh, and I don't know where I fall on that because I I get it and I think there's something cool about making that statement, but I also don't. Um, I don't know. Well, they're literally the only comedy club in L.A. that books him now. Yeah. Right. Like he doesn't do the improv. He doesn't do the comedy store. Um. And to me, that's strange that they still do it yeah. uh, without acknowledging why. So, for example, when the comedy seller was booking Louis C.K. and people were up in arms about it, they issued a statement. Who um, did? The, the comedy seller. What did they say? I, missed I don't remember exactly, but I know that they issued a statement saying why they felt, you know, it was still appropriate for him to be doing stand-up there. Yeah. Um, I think what he's accused of if he did it is fucked up um i would cut his dick off if he pulled his dick out <laughs> without me knowing yeah. you know without me agreeing to it um if he asked to jerk off in front of people and they said yes it's a very different situation from him just whipping his dick out so yeah. i don't know there's conflicting reports about whether or not to me, it's a big fucking difference. If you ask and they say yes, it's one thing. Yeah. Um, I get that people could be fearful that like he's gonna fuck with their career and whatnot, but I think it was funny what Sarah Silverman said. Uh, how she thought it was funny. Oh, that's right, because it happened. She was to like, her "Yeah, too. whip out your." And I, she said yes to him once, and then she said he asked again, and he was. She was like, "No, I've already seen She's you do it." She's the one. She started everything. She blamed. It only takes one person for someone to keep doing something again. Oh, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. About oh, I was no, like, I, is he apparently Jim? Don't blame me. Uh, but for, as far as his set goes and the stuff he joked about, I didn't think that there was anything wrong with that. I think yeah. in comedy, you should be able to joke about whatever you want to joke about. Um, and I think, you know, you'll have to deal with what you'll have to do. If you want to be edgy, you're going to have to deal with, you know, people being upset. And if that's something you're willing to deal with, go for it. Yeah. Um, I think it's a cheap way to get laughs to like shit on um, the Parkland students or just shit on just like to, 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 to go that route. I'm not saying that Louis was trying to get cheap laughs. I'm just saying other people that I've heard do things where I'm like, Oh yeah, exactly. We're just trying. trying to be edgy. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause when I first started, I did very edgy jokes and then I was like, I don't, I want to make people laugh. I don't want to hurt their feelings. Yeah. But I do think the world is so fucking sensitive right now that it makes me want to get out there and do some fucked up shit. Absolutely. Because I get that. then I just want to be like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. let us decide where, to, let the audience decide where to draw the line. If draw the line, if they're not on board, then we as comics know to either pull back or just go balls to the walls. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't think it's fair that, that it was recorded especially when he was in a venue that um, recording was not allowed. That's why I'm starting a show at the Comedy Store. It's actually the first show is the 27th of this month um, where they're locking up the phones. 
Are they taking the phones? They are taking in? the phones and putting them in a pouch. You get to keep the pouch with you, but your phones are locked. I kind of love that. Chappelle, so that Chappelle's been doing that for a long time. Yeah, Chappelle does it for all his specials. A lot of concerts have been doing it. It's just because it's not fair to the comics. Yeah. yeah. What if also you're trying a new joke and it just comes out wrong? Yeah. And that's not how you meant to say it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you're just kind of like, you say it like, because you say one thing wrong these days and you're done. You're crucified. So I think in comedy, it's like, we should be able to try stuff. Or you can't go 10 years later, 10 years back in time and be like, oh, what you said here was offensive. You should be fired. Well, bitch, 10 years ago, no one fucking said shit. Yeah, Everyone was exactly. laughing at it. Yeah. You know, so that's not, that's also not fair. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I just think the world has gone fucking crazy. Yeah. That's what I have to say about that. But the, should he be jerking off in front of people without their permission? No. Should he be so. interfering with people's careers? No. Yeah. Um, and if that, you know, was what he was doing, then he can go fucking. Yeah. Talk. Well, these are also two different arguments. The, the idea that the world is very sensitive in terms of what's being spoken and then having a dick whipped out in front of him is a completely yeah. different thing. But um, very different. So what's your experience with that, Lori? What do you, what do you think about Has anyone ever di whipped their dick out in front of you? Yeah, that's happened to me before. Really? A comic? No. <laughs> Guy, I, a psychiatrist I went on a date with, which was weird. I was like, he has was no Was he your psychiatrist? No. No, okay. no, but he was just a psychiatrist. I just saw the series You on Netflix, so I think like everyone's fucking their psychiatrist. I know, okay. right? <laughs> I've never, I'm like the only person that hasn't seen this show. Oh, okay. It's, it's pretty good, the show. I gotta watch it's it. It's yeah. trashy, yeah. but it's so good. Great. It's, it's like, a, we were like, I can't believe I'm into this, but I am. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I think it's definitely two totally different things. Someone pulling their dick out and just going for it versus yeah. someone being like, can I please masturbate in front of you? Yeah. But I do think though, that there was like a weird unspoken thing sometimes with like people getting blacklisted, which I don't think. Oh really no. Thank if anymore, but it probably does. But I think people getting blacklisted. Meaning like if you stood up to somebody for like, Oh, I don't want, I don't want this or something that someone was going to, make you not be able to work in a town yeah i think that that's something that people feared i think that it's not that is that cloud doesn't hang no well also now there's like you no. don't burn bridges well there's a fucking billion bridges yeah. so yeah. it's like you burn one big fucking deal yeah no <laughs> you know exactly. what i mean that's a good point yeah there's so now there's like a thousand avenues to like get stuff done so it's like no, but I feel like back in the day, like that was the thing that people were worried about. Yeah, they about. were so worried about. They would always they say that. They were so scared. But I... Because back then they did it. Look at Harvey Weinstein, all these poor girls whose careers he's derailed. Yeah. I had to do I had to do a show. I had to host a show three days after the Harvey Weinstein thing broke. And I felt like I had to talk about it. But the minute I started talking about it, I could just tell everyone was like, "You're not the person who can talk about this." Yeah. As a matter of fact, Jenna Friedman was in the was in the back. I was bringing her up, and she started telling me to shut up. And I was, and it was the joke was about like Lauren Savant, who's a friend of mine, was talked about how Harvey Weinstein jerked off into a plant in front yeah. of her. And I was like, you know, these poor women. What about these plants? You know, it's just it's so, it was just some dumb joke about that. I just tried to make something light about it. Shut up! Shut the fuck up! She she's saying that at me. from the back. Yeah, and she's on the show. Like I'm bringing her up next, and uh, it, 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 I don't know. It was very. And then she went on and she just lambasted me, like ripped me. 
And See, then, I think that's okay for her to when she's on stage to just shit on you. Sure. I don't think it's okay for comics from the back of the room no. to be interfering with your set. No. So when and I, got I back, like her, I've seen yeah. her perform no, she's and very I funny. jocked the fuck out of her after. I was like, oh my God, you're fucking amazing. Yeah. I was like so impressed. But, yeah. you know, she's amazing. She's it's, it's one of the funniest. Yeah, comics no, we, we, right we now, totally so. like made up. Because after, after that happened, I was like, you know what? I have, a, I have a mic. I'm the host. I was like, Jenna, get back up here. Let's talk about this. So we had like a whole fucking like therapy session <laughs> oh, that's on stage. Good. good um, for you. So, uh, so we were talking about. So, what was your opinion about this again? The idea that Louis C.K. Do you think that people should? Do you think that Louis C.K. and let's say this other person, burr, 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 yeah, should be banned from comedy clubs? Because I always feel like comedy clubs are the, like the last bastion for the degenerates. Like no matter what, you could get banned from Hollywood, but comedy clubs will take you in, and that's always been the way it is. Well, so, also the two that you're comparing are very different story, uh, different mm. situations as to what they've done to women. Yeah, I like what I'm sorry to this no. is he asked you, but I like what uh, Matt Damon said. There's levels to this. But he got railroaded for saying that too. But I, I'm I agree with him. I agree too. I agree I, again, the world is too fucking sensitive. Yeah, there should be levels. It should not be that everyone gets treated Harvey Weinstein level. If you made a mistake you know, 10, 20 years ago saying something inappropriate and you haven't had a track record since of like abusing women in any way, shape or form, you shouldn't have to like lose your entire show or your job or be blacklisted from Hollywood. That's not fair. Yeah. Um, Like Kevin Hart and the Oscars. I mean, I think most comics will agree. That's kind of a bullshit thing to happen. No, it's not fair. Yeah. I agree. And, and particularly considering, like, how long ago was it? And also in his crowd and the black community has, you know, changed a lot in terms of the way they view homosexuality. So I, I don't know. It, it just really kind of bummed me. And now there's no host for the Oscars, which is great. It's so crazy. This yeah. is the thing. There are things that have been said that even if it was acceptable to say, still doesn't make it right. Yeah. All I'm saying is if we were conditioned to believe that it was okay to talk that way then is it fair to hold us accountable 20 years later that's the question so again it depends on what was said yeah um but i do think that there are some people that shouldn't be losing opportunities and jobs over like very little things it's different if they're saying it now yeah and you know motherfucker you shouldn't be saying that yeah now we know that this is not okay yeah you know what i mean to say or to do um and they're still doing it then it's like you should lose everything that you have yeah like if kevin hart would have said what he said back then now mind you back then i'm sure it was still very hurtful just as hurtful to people yeah um but if he would have said it now I do think it would have been different. Yeah. I in the sense of like it would have hurt more somehow, you know. Yeah, what's funny cuz I also uh Tracy Morgan and Joe Coy both had jokes about murdering their son when they found out their son was gay. I mean literally stabbing their kid and or murder on some level. And that kind of was it was like 6 years ago, wasn't that long ago. And I mean Joe Coy just won comic of the year and Tracy Morgan's got I mean that's not coming back and biting the ass. I don't know why I feel like that. There's Just a the weird Oscars. I feel represent is as liberal as it can get. Yes. So it's like they're probably like, because it's not like Kevin Hart's. He's still getting movies. He's still making movies. It's not yeah. stopping him from making movies. He's the highest paid comedian in the world right now. So yeah. it's not like it's just the Oscars. Yeah. So I mean, 
the world is getting more and more sensitive. And I think it's comedians can save the day and be like, nah, we're not gonna, this is what we're doing. Yeah. There are jokes that I did two years ago that I couldn't do now, but two years ago were fine. And they're not even bad. I just would not do them now. Interesting. You know what I mean? I did a Bruce Jenner joke. I don't do it anymore. Um, I had what was the joke? It just was like, it wasn't even really shitting on. It just was like, no one's fucking white guys anymore. Thanks to the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's become taboo. White guys are the new Asian guys. Even Bruce Jenner threw in the towel. So there was like a better setup to it. Yeah. But I have a friend that I went to UCB with who's trans. Yeah. She came to my show at the Laugh Factory and she said, I will not continue to be friends with you if you keep that joke. So she was so upset by it. And at that moment, I was like, it's not an important enough joke to me. Of course. To continue doing it if it's going to hurt her, who's someone I really care about. That's so, very, very valid, yeah. Um, but that was my decision to make. You know, I could have been like, okay, well, you're a sensitive bitch. Yeah. But she's someone I didn't want to hurt, so I took it out. Yeah. So it's that simple. Yeah. I don't think it's that offensive of a joke. I'm not shitting on him. I'm just saying I'm not shitting on trans. Well, I, th- I think I think the issue is because I have a, a Caitlyn Jenner joke, which I think Tommy posted on the Instagram for the Laugh Factory. I don't know if that was you or uh, I don't know if I personally posted it, but but I, I remember when it was uh, posted. I remember going like, "I'm going to get destroyed," and the the trans community retweeted it, reposted it, loved it. Yeah, Who was it? The joke was basically about um, people. I go look, look, people shit on Caitlyn Jenner, and and uh, or I, I said I, I made a joke about Caitlyn Jenner. So I think what she did took a lot of balls, and this woman, and this woman got really mad at me about saying that, and she she told me about all the stuff that Caitlyn Jenner did, and so I read this list. I go. She donated $100,000 to a safe house in New York. She uh, visited a victim of hate crime. She's going to speak at the UN next month. And she's helping draft a bill for equal rights for transgender people in the Senate. Did you know that? And the people are like, no. I'm like, yeah, because it didn't fucking happen. Caitlyn Jenner hasn't done shit. She's a fucking Kardashian. <laughs> she hasn't even saved a gay kitten from a tree. Fuck Caitlyn Jenner. All she did was become a woman and start running people over their car. Anyway, or something like that. So, yeah, well, the trans community, is, I don't think, is a huge fan of hers. So I'm sure that that's that was why. well received. But you, know, you know why they liked it? Because I didn't refer to her as Bruce. If I referred to her as Bruce, then they would have murdered me. All right. I, so I had the, other trans people come up to me before and be like, I love that joke. It's so funny. It's just she's someone that was important to me. So I just yeah. was like, if a stranger would have been like, then maybe I wouldn't have taken it to heart so much. Yeah. But there have been jokes where people are like, you know, I'm this and I don't yeah, appreciate that. And I've either been like, I feel like you're being overly sensitive or I've been like, you know huh. what? Let me rethink that joke. That makes is sense. it again? Is it important? Is it like destroying? Is the joke destroying? Exactly. Then it's one thing, you know. But do you have any jokes like that, Lori? Where you used to do them and you go, uh, you know what? Now is not the time. Yes, you said earlier. Oh yeah, definitely. I had, I've had, I had, I had like one in particular that I won't do anymore. But what is it? I won't. I'm not gonna. You're not gonna like, say it. No, but I, I think it was great, and I think it's a. It's oh a my god! This is a safe. We're, you're in a safe space right now. You but, can say your. No, no I wouldn't put it on. The it's on. Be on so the you, you know forever. the joke. The I don't, but it okay. would be on the internet forever. And she's already yeah, said she's yeah. uncomfortable. What uh, do you have on your Instagram? There's from how many of those are dick pics <laughs> coming in? Oh, a lot. Do you really? Do you? Do you really get dick pics on? I do. 
people can just send dick pic on a DM and it's Instagram? It's been less now because um, now, you know, you Don't go to prison. Don't they blur it or something? No, you go to prison for unsolicited oh. dick pic. Are you serious? God damn it. I have a joke There's about a new unsolicited law. dick pics. I hope, I hope those wait, they, you Wait, let me hear this. This is interesting. You can go to prison for an unsolicited dick pic. Yes. Interesting. That sounds about right. It's indecent exposure. Yeah. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, like, I think if you do it now, I think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But I had a friend who got fired from a job because he sent dick pic in 2008. And I'm like, that's when they came out. Yeah. They were fresh on the scene. Everyone was sending a dick pic in 2008. Yeah, like I, like I have a joke about like. Oh, I think if you've sent a dick pic ever in your life, I don't care what year it is. You're a piece of shit. No, you should be able to get fired from your job. Oh, 100%. If I, it's unsolicited. Well, I like mean, you just you thinking you could just send someone a picture of your dick. It's never worked, by the way. No, I would no never way. send yeah, a bit. But that's that. what I'm saying. If like you're just like, hey, bitch, here's my dick. I would be like, cool. But there is where gray, do you work? I'm gonna get gray you fired. Area with the dick pic. One time, I was flirting with a girl, and actually, Lawrence Savon, we were flirting, and I was on a plane. There was a very bad storm, and I said, this plane's gonna go down. And all I have in my phone, or it's something like, and I don't have anything to show for it except for dick pic on my phone. And she said, "You don't have a dick." I was like, "Of course I have it. Everyone has okay, a that's dick solicited, pic." Solicited though, she asked. For and it. then she said, "Nah." She said, "Prove it." That's solicited. So I sent it. I sent it to her, that's and then she was like, "I can't believe I was fucking kidding. I can't believe you sent that." Uh, well, that's different. If she asks for it, well, you're yeah. half, just well, you're half joking. You're she kidding. literally asks for it, not yeah. especially if what. Okay, so I'm safe. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, that's why you have to write LOL. (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually did a joke today. I have a joke about unsolicited dick pics. I think uh, you guys posted on Laugh Factor when I was first doing that. Thanks for making it. Thanks, thanks for posting that before it was ready. But anyway, um, no, I'll take any publicity. I'm so desperate. But uh, (laughs) so desperate. But no, no, I have a I have a joke about like uh, part of the joke is like oh uh, about it being a new thing. I was like, this is a new thing. Women getting unsolicited. And I'm like, I don't think women were walking out to their mailbox in the 90s checking their mail. Yeah. Like, oh, look, I got a CD for America Online. Yeah. Oh, what's this? Well, oh, it's a Polaroid. It's some guy's dick. I don't yeah. know. Men used to just walk around in trench coats and flash you. Yeah, like yeah. gentlemen. That was where unsolicited <laughs> You know what? Make began. America great again. Why can't we go back to the time when men were in trench coats flashing people? I also talk about the, like back in the day with the Renaissance. I, I, I make a joke about Michelangelo's David being the first unsolicited dick pic. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> it's a good joke. I like uh, it. I like it. All, All right. right. Now we now Crystal's starting to stretch. Lori had more coffee. Ready to go. We should it's we should pro- I know we should probably wrap this yeah. wrap this up. What do you guys what do you want to say? What's going on with you? Is what are you looking for? Give me give me something like wearing? on the horizon for you. <laughs> Behind the bit. Like what uh, do you want to do? Like what's your goal? Because now you're in the com- you're doing really well yeah. in the comedy and you got a great social media following. You have a lot of sort of momentum. Where is this leading to you? Where do you see it? I'd going? like to sell a show, my own show. Have you written one? Uh I've done a lot of unscripted stuff for me to host yeah um so i'd like to get back into hosting but on my terms so i've been pitching some stuff i just want to make sure the next thing i do is something that can like incorporate comedy or incorporate my background as an arab woman something that's going to help bring awareness to things that i'm passionate about um that's why i'm doing behind the bit at the store yeah it's showing how people can take tragedy and trauma yeah and turn it into comedy and kind of heal from it um, and that's what that show is about. So comics do their darkest material followed by a Q and a with me wow. to walk us through how they were able to take, you know, this craziness that's, that's right. happened I in their that. life. And I said, I want to do it. I yeah. Crazy I'll put story. you on in the future. Yeah. Um, and how they were able to kind of turn it into something funny and heal from it when they knew they were able to talk about it. It's something great. It can great. Br- bring a lot of awareness to mental health awareness, mm-hmm. addiction, 
any sort of like uh, harassment a woman has gone. There's just so many. It's, it's just it could be something great eventually. Yeah, it will for be. Sure. So I love that. Lori, what are you doing? And what's your handle, by the way? So people know. I am Crystal Marie. I am Crystal Marie. Lori. Yes. For me, um, I do a charity show called Happy Period. Or it's oh, for it's so good. A charity called Happy Period. And so they give like tampons and oh. menstrual kits to homeless women. It's a great and, like, show. Oh, wow. Come. And uh, it's called That Time of the Month. And I would love to eventually tour with that. And Where do you do it right now? I do it right now at um, three clubs. Okay, yeah. I like that spot. But and you've been doing it for how long? I've been doing it. We just did it one month, but I freaking loved it. It was so fun. I did it with a friend of mine named Dina, who's a comic. And yeah. it was just great. Crystal was on it. it was oh, that's great. awesome. But yeah, I love that. And then I want to eventually pitch and get a couple shows and yeah movies. unscripted because like you seem like crystal you'd be perfect for like a late night talk show host and there yeah. is not an yeah. arab woman who's done that before i imagine and at least in america well we'll see okay, i don't know we'll if see. i want to okay i feel like i i um have more like b- ideas that work better for me okay late night i feel is great but it goes back to the whole entertainment news bullshit where it's like you have to ask what they're You're okay doing, with like, publicity and, for another person yeah so it's you know, Chelsea Handler was great because she didn't give a fuck. She was like, I'm going to ask you whatever I want. But they made her interview, you know, but she got away with all of that because she interviewed all the reality TV stars first. Yeah. Then when she became a bigger name, then she was getting Charlize Theron and, you know, Jennifer Aniston and all the big names. Um, and she was able to still be goofy because she had become so big that these were all her best friends. Yeah. So it was just a different situation. Yeah. That, that is not a normal situation for people when they get a late night talk show. Yeah, so, for sure. um, she's just great. I love Chelsea Handler so much. Jesus Christ. I love her. She's awesome. So yeah. for you, Lori, what's, what's, uh, what's the, not the end game, but what does it look, what is your vision board? What would be on your vision board? What do you see? Um, maybe like a book or two. And, um, I would love to have my own production company. In the long yeah. Time. There we go. Girl yeah. boss. Okay. Your face. And your, your handle is what? Oh yeah. Uh, Lori period. Douglas. Lori Pierre Douglas. There's some woman with Lori Douglas who you we got to take her out. I can't. She's got like a hundred followers. I keep just being like, please. Can't you give Have you asked her? Tell her, yeah. Tell her you'll give her a hundred yeah. bucks. I'll tell her that next time. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're Lori get your Pierre name. Douglas. Yeah. What is she like in Michigan or something? Although Lori Pierre Douglas does tie into your charity. So yeah. I do yeah, like yeah, that. So I was thinking, I was, it's, it's, it's you don't spell charity. the word period, right? You're just, no, it's just a dot. Just a dot. Okay, so the face. How about you? The face. I, I forgot what we were talking about. Sorry, we're, tr- we're, we're talking about the vision board, the future. We're, uh, we're all positive. I, we're all going. Well, we're all manifesting it right now, tonight in this fire. It's a well, sacred space. Acting, acting. I always, I always want to do acting. Acting's always been my dream. I'm classically trained. I, uh, you know, I, I did play production in high school. I did a little bit in college. Um, I love comedy, though. It's, so you know, I, you know, I'm not one of those people that like uh, are using this to, as an avenue. I, I love comedy. It saved my life. Yeah. So, you know, well, Shout out to Jamie Masada. Jamie Masada really helped me a lot. I love Jamie and, and Jay Davis too. Um, yeah, both of those guys oh, helped me yet. a lot. Yeah, Jamie oh, Mas- especially, and Jamie's helped me become such a better comic with the advice he's given me. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of people are just like, "Oh, you had a great set," but they've, Jamie's the only person that's told me how I can improve. And My- I've li- I've never felt more like being myself on stage before. I feel like I was I was acting still yeah. until maybe last even last couple months. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you know, I host my show every Friday, nine forty-five. You've done it. Yeah, I love yeah, it. That's it's awesome, man. And your your handle is what? 
the real face always. The real face. All right. Now Tommy Wakefield. And by the way, can I just say, Crystal's complaining that the podcast is running long. She talks 65% of it. Well, it was supposed to be me. I brought them as my fucking friends. You're the best. Okay. Stop being so generous. needed some more exposure. Yeah, okay. 2,000 followers. <laughs> Lori got 10 new jokes out of this fucking stuff. <laughs> Ew. She did a whole bit. And now I know that I will go to jail if I ever send an unsolicited thing. I haven't done that in years anyway. I don't, I don't I think you're... What about uh, that text you sent me this morning? Oh, well, it's guys, it doesn't count. Oh, yeah. I right. send dick pics to guys all the time. I don't even take dick pics because the cloud, man. I just hear oh, stories yeah, about right. hackers. People, you know what I mean? <sighs> yeah. It's too hackers risky. getting in just selling those dick pics. Yeah. I love Neil. Neil Brennan has this joke. He goes, "If a girl asks you a dick pic, just get one from the internet and then write under it, mine is similar." Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the man. All right, so Tommy, what about you? Um, you know, just trying to uh, grow my show. I've been writing a lot, I'm trying to get a writing job at some point on some kind of show, even like a PA. Writing PA something, yeah. uh-huh. some kind of sitcom. Makes me sad because one day you'll leave me, Tommy. Yeah. Oh, you and thing. obviously, growing the Bill Dawes After Laugh podcast <laughs> into the greatest podcast in the world. That's Yay. the number one goal yeah. at the end I of the day. You, especially after you've had us on. So. By the way, you guys, I want to say thank you for so much and for spending so much time thank and you. being here till late. Coming to my yard, it meant a lot. You guys I are. Promised all, I promised I wouldn't touch my phone, but I did, so I apologize. It's okay. For that. No, you guys are really awesome. Thank ch- you so my, much. I had children. Oh, I had crash, to get in touch with my oh, children. <laughs> I love you, Faisal. Uh, so the uh, that's the that's the after you can't after say party. Shit when they're like, well, I have to call my kids. Talk to you guys Sorry. later. Okay, bye. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that episode of The After Laugh. If you liked it, make sure you give it five stars on iTunes and tell your friends about it. Subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and please spread the word. Thank you so much for supporting. And check out our other podcasts on the Laugh Factory Network, Fanatics with Sean Joshi. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. (laughs) After laugh, man. (laughs) Go ahead, pull up a chair. (laughs) 